0: Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you.
1: We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're
0: giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill
2: made you go click 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 it's real easy man.
1: uh-huh intellectual theft what do you have to say about that griffin go <laughs>
0: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we drink until the Statue of Liberty takes her clothes off. I'm your host, Drink the Beer Champion, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today. Victory is mine! Henry Gilbert, hi! Oh boy, and today's episode is the Family Guy episode, Death Has a Shadow.
2: Whoa, ass ahoy.
0: And yes, we've reached the ultimate purpose of Talking <laughs> Simpsons, and that is to talk about Family Guy. From this point on, the show will switch over to be a Family Guy-focused show. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm kidding. Stop unsubscribing, please. Oh, no, please, please,
1: stay, stay.
0: <laughs> uh, we're doing this for a reason, right, Henry?
1: Yes, yes. Much like when we reached the premiere of The Critic or the premiere of Duckman. We actually did it early for Futurama. But when a Simpsons-related show debuts in the timeline of the show, we then do a- the premiere episode of it. And so, we're doing that for the detestable Family Guy as well. Yes. As much as some Simpsons fans don't want to admit it, Family Guy's debut is a very important moment in Simpsons show history, too. It really is. It debuted alongside the Simpsons, so that's also why we're talking about it in the timeline right now.
0: So, I get to the, this point in history, right? Yes. We want to yeah. give you a preamble so you don't turn off the podcast and throw your iPhone <laughs> in a bog.
1: Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> so, today's episode aired on January 31st, 1999, and as always, and will tell us what happened on this mythical point in real world history
1: you know what really grinds my gears freaking sweet Bobby Oh, God! <laughs> uh, the Denver Broncos win 34 to 19 at the Super Bowl. Japanese pro wrestling legend Giant Baba passes away unexpectedly. And Family Guy intercepts Futurama's debut slot of the Super Bowl, which will be followed by a very special NFL-themed Simpsons episode. I think you
0: mean the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yes, sorry.
1: The Denver Broncos. Yes, it's uh, it was a big night for them. Uh, and then right after they won at 34 to 19, it was time for the debut of Family Guy true. Uh, but uh, real quick about Giant Baba. Never heard of him. Uh, he's... I'm regular Baba. <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> It's B-A-B-A. Uh. So in Japanese wrestling history, in the 1970s, there were two legends. There was Antonio Noki, who is uh, still with us right now. He has a very strong chin and he was basically the Hulk Hogan of his day. But the Andre the Giant of his day was Giant Baba, who was a seven foot tall man with gigantism. Who uh, like I mean, if you see a seven foot tall Japanese person, that's a crazy thing to see. So now, could he wrestle well? No. Definitely not. He was terrible at it. I mean,
0: Andre was not a great wrestler, nope, right? He just kind, of, he kind of stood around until he did his one thing.
1: <laughs> he leaned in the corner. Yeah. Well, he did a little more before all of his knee surgeries and stuff. But Jai Baba, what he lacked in athleticism, he had in, a, he had in spades and charisma. One of the most beloved wrestling stars in Japanese history. Uh, you'll see him in a ton of anime. And as a producer of pro wrestling, he was like the, I guess you'd call showrunner, but uh, booker of pro wrestling in Japan at All Japan Pro Wrestling and it's one of the best runs of pro wrestling of all time and he's a big part of that. So
0: I'm looking at him online. I see pictures of him with Andre yes, and yeah. with Vince McMahon too. They
1: they did a lot of stuff together Bob and uh, them. Yeah, and his his passing was a uh, real changing moment in Japanese pro wrestling because all japan pro wrestling after he passed away his wife took over the business a lot of his top stars who were loyal to him forever they didn't like how his wife put a bunch of bad people in charge so the all of the top stars of all japan left to form a new wrestling organization which really changed the makeup of japanese pro wrestling but anyway yes r.i.p giant baba dying on super bowl sunday of 1999 i learned
0: something on this podcast
1: (laughs) Uh, and also, uh, real Before we get into the history and stuff, a big thank you to the opening theme of this episode is the eight bit cover done by Eight Bit Universe on YouTube. There's a link in the description. Oh, thank uh, you to them. But uh, but thanks, uh, we we liked uh, sharing the your guys's cover just to keep to keep the chip toony vibes of this. Sadly, Family Guy never had a chip tune theme made by Konami like The Simpsons did. There should have been
0: an arcade brawler. Uh,
1: but yeah, okay, it's Family Guy time. Yes. Here we are. So
0: when this episode debuted, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I remember a very ominous moment in my life that I'll remember forever. <laughs> Monday, I was in art class in high school, and we were talking about The Simpsons, and one of my friends was like, you know what? I think I like that other show a lot better. Oh. And I was just like, I can still remember that right now <laughs> in my life, like 20 plus years later of that moment and thinking, what? No, no. <laughs> and uh, wow. yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I saw this when it premiered because it was advertised so heavily. I watch anything that's animated and it was premiering next to The Simpsons. It was being so heavily marketed to The Simpsons audience. And I did not like it, but I didn't like, it wasn't a personality decision to not like it. And also my friends were mostly like, man, I don't really like it either. Like my younger brother, three years younger than me, he was my real, my Ride or die Simpsons partner. We <laughs> we would be uh, combative brothers in most things, but not about Simpsons fandom. And we both agreed we didn't like the first episode of Family Guy. And then over time, it just turned into a thing of like, oh, it, we're picking sides now, huh? Okay, then fuck Family Guy. Like it turned it turned into that, and it would. For, for years afterwards, it became a thing if I met somebody who's like, man, I love The Simpsons, them and Family Guy, funniest guys on TV. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't like that.
0: I will yeah. say up front, though, that uh, I was one of these people once at one point in my life, maybe like a decade or more ago. But I think there's nothing more hacked now than to have hating Family Guy be your persona or being Yo, publicly yeah. hateful about Family Guy. I think that the show got a lot better. It's not something I would ever sit down to watch, <laughs> but... I watched recent episodes for this podcast, and I thought, you know what? Not bad. It's not as funny as American Dad, but it's not as amateurish as the old family guy that I know the best.
1: Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, they they hired better writers, they got bigger animation budgets and they got they got better at their jobs but also like American Dad is the better version of this it really is Uh, check
0: out our what a cartoon episode about American Dad from about a year ago we talk a lot about it there
1: Uh, and we did do a family guy episode of what a cartoon as well where we did a more overall view of the series history so that's why I don't want to repeat ourselves too much in that and this is really focused on how it affected the Simpsons in 1999 and the overall magic graining a verse of content and it also how I felt then too like yeah when it when it premiered it didn't it just felt like a, a lesser thing of The Simpsons and yeah and I feel like uh, as a
0: pilot it's not a good pilot I mean no. it establishes what the series is but not who any of these people are and why I should care about and to go into the future of the show I think they kind of capitalize on that where it's like you don't care about these people they're barely people you're just here for the cutaways and the jokes that's it
1: yeah yeah I think you know Family Guy was on an acceleration his path of what simpsons did like simpsons even in season one you know it's still a kind of sweet sitcom but it's best moments were when it undercut it and family guy begins with no this first episode we're already undercutting all your sitcom expectations and it's kind of a cynical show so by the time the flanderization gets in place by season five they're just like murdering each other like you are every yeah. no one means anything to anyone
0: because there are rarely stakes or a reality in these early episodes of family guy i think it took them a long time to figure out how to tell stories mm-hmm. in this world with these characters
1: yeah well i don't think Seth McFarlane was good enough yet as a tele- as a writer of stories and How old an was animator. he 24? A very detestable 24. God yes. damn it. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. And he got uh one of the best deals of a 24 year old that ever has happened in television history. He was given a five-year contract of $2.5 million Ugh. a year. Yeah, it's that's uh, it's so easy to hate Seth MacFarlane. It's so easy. <laughs> I don't... And then also, like, he's a kind of handsome guy with a good voice who comes off as very charming. You want to hate him. Like, you want to hate him. I get that. You know, um, one of my first things I ever did on a podcast over 10 years ago was angrily rant about how much I hate Family Guy, <laughs> which I felt very passionately then. I'm 37 now. I don't have that energy to hate Family Guy like I used to. I'm sure
0: I wrote about it more than once.
1: But as a Simpsons fan versus being like, I don't know, a South Park fan who hates Family Guy or whatever, it does. I felt defensive as a hater of Family Guy from the position of, I love The Simpsons and you should not be comparing it to Family Guy, which is. Also, like, you could notice even in the first episodes, like, this is outright theft of a Simpsons joke, or at the very least, the parallel thoughts yeah. on it, if you want to be nice. And also, like, yeah, I was 17 when this came out, and, uh, sorry, 16 when this came out, and I was better at appreciating animation, too, so I think that was another bit I didn't like about it.
0: Yeah, me too. These early shows of Family Guy are so ugly and so poorly done. I don't blame the director or the uh, creative team. Mm. I just think... They didn't know what they were doing. They were starting a new show from scratch, and that was mm-hmm. still a fairly new process for them. So,
1: Yeah, with with people who had never showrun an animated series before, even the veterans that got hired to do this, none of them had been a supervising director of a show before. Nobody had been the showrunner of an animated series before. Uh, like, it, Yeah, Seth MacFarlane's background wasn't really ready for that kind of thing.
0: And I think Fox was cheaping out in that this was the more appealing show for them because at this point, The Simpsons was a legacy show mm-hmm. with 10 seasons. It was very expensive, and Family Guy was the cheap younger brother For that was sure. getting uh, equal ratings, if not greater, sometimes.
1: Well, and so, uh, if you guys want to, if you guys listen to the what a cartoon, I did a bit of research, but this time I went overboard on the research of just the time frame from 1994 to January 1999 when this premiered, and how something like Family Guy happens out of nowhere, like it's. You know, in a way, you can hate Seth MacFarlane too because he is a very lucky man. Who did work very hard and to like earned if, if you earn anything in entertainment he earned it but a lot of that is luck too like he was just in the perfect place at the perfect time at the perfect price. I
0: will say a step too far for me with Seth is you can't also be a movie star. Nope. Stop it. He
1: wants Stop to. Stop it. He refuses to listen to you. Behind. No
0: matter how much work you get done, you can't do it.
1: <laughs> I mean that uh, the show Orville couldn't it be better if he wasn't in front of the camera? But, I, like, I won't watch it. But if you're a guy, if, uh, uh, from his perspective... If you're Seth MacFarlane and you're putting all the trouble into producing and showrunning a live-action show, which is much more hands-on for him than it is to just let Family Guy go with some other showrunner, then you're going to insist you be on camera like you want to be because you're putting in all this other investment.
0: Kissing Charlize Theron.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then this next scene where Charlize (laughs) Theron kisses me and says, I'm pretty. (laughs) And I think a larger conversation about Family Guy with related to The Simpsons' legacy is that I think Family Guy added to... An oversaturation slash stretching thin of animation talent that helped the watering down of the simpsons continue along it's not just that family guy was next to the simpsons that i and i do think the writers on the simpsons felt a competitiveness with family guy and that got them to cross boundaries they wouldn't have otherwise just to be like well family guy's doing this raunchy stuff maybe yeah. we should get raunchy. with
0: south park and family guy it was a real arms race of potty humor and kind of uh, much worse <laughs> jokes
1: but also like uh the bigger conversation is in 1998 with king of the hill being this new hit show it already took talent Away from Simpsons, Greg Daniels, Wes Archer, and and many other animators at Film Roman and other and Jonathan Collier, other writers too. They all leave the Simpsons brain drain right there. Plus, you've got Mission Hill being sold. Well, and so that pulls away Bill and Josh and Dan McGrath. And Dan McGrath. Uh, and then at the same time, Film Roman is producing. This new show, Family Guy, Futurama is happening, and pulling away writers and animators there too. And there's also the PJs and other shows. I think more people have come out since then. But in night in the late '90s, the amount of talented people who could reliably create quality animation uh, in prime time for America was a small group of people. And they were being stretched thin by the number of shows that were coming out. And so I think it in general created more of a quality dip over time, mm. you know? In uh it like that. It was a brain drain that hurt The Simpsons, definitely.
0: I think we're living through a similar era, actually. With, well, there's uh, just so
1: much content.
0: There right? are a few like really big streaming animated shows for adults, mm. but because of that, there are also a thousand smaller
1: ones. There's too fucking many yeah. of them. I can't, I literally can't keep up with it. Though, hey, watch Disenchant it has season two of disenchantment. pretty good uh, right? it
0: is uh, a few days before it airs at yes, this point yeah, in time yeah. so but, uh, I assume it's great
1: but yes there's too many things there's too many and then we were getting a little of that in the late 90s. Nothing like now, where it's just like, "How are there enough people who can draw things on Earth hmm. to produce this much stuff? Let
0: the computers do it. <laughs>
1: Something it's with computers. All, the computers do everything. That's, uh, that's a Rocco's modernized yeah. static cling reference. That's refrain. not Gabor Chupo. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought, I like, is that Cabour? I mean, he might be saying that in his Rugrats meetings. Yeah. Uh, in this moment of The Simpsons being partnered with Family Guy, this is in January 31st, 1999, who would believe that it would start a partnership that is still going strong 20 years on? They're,
0: like, in season 17
1: now? 18 is 18. about to start. Yeah, okay, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, completely bonkers. Also, like when this premiered, if you told me 20 years later Family Guy and the Simpsons would still be together, I'd be like, no, no! And they crossed over. Ugh, we'll get to that. That
0: is a forbidden episode on this network. <laughs> I will not talk about it.
1: Uh, well, so, where do we begin? Let's start with the birth of Seth McFarland, October 26, 1973, meaning he'll be uh, 46 this mm. year. Uh, and Seth MacFarlane uh, grew up in, uh, I think, you know, above uh, middle class uh, See, money. He was yeah. a child
0: of means. Yes,
1: yeah. But he also was, you know, a promising cartoonist and comedy writer who, if you live on the East Coast and you don't have CalArts, you go to uh, RISD, the Rhode Island and, uh, art school. Like, that's a big one. I, and in 1994. I believe it was he made his uh, short student film and released it called life of larry which uh if you watch it it's all on youtube you can watch it
0: that was a what a cartoon right
1: uh this actually predates that cartoon this,
0: cartoon no way uh,
1: but it, this Sorry. will lead to larry and steve the cartoon
0: oh got it got it yeah
1: what i learned from watching life of larry again and re-watching all these things seth mcfarland has one show he wants to do and he's been <laughs> doing it for 25 years uh i mean since basically his teens that's what he's been doing and so uh if you watch life of larry It's got the hallmarks of like a New England low-class guy named Larry who has Peter's voice, but isn't, he's got a giant head. He's not a fat guy. He's got an urbane dog named Steve who just is Brian. He has an annoying wife named Lois, also voiced by Seth MacFarlane in this. Uh, And then a non-speaking Gen X-y looking son named Milt, who's also like big and fat like Chris is. A ton of jokes from it are actually reused in the Family Guy pilot episode we watched today, such as farting for the first time at 30, watching a Tom Hanks movie, God reacting to the story of Job. That's all in life of Larry. Hmm. Uh, plus Life of Larry is like hosted with live action segments by Seth MacFarlane. So he's shoving himself on camera from the very beginning. But he
0: looks much different.
1: Uh, yes. As he's our, much dorkier looking, right? As our friend Matt Jay said, he's, he's got big dorky glasses and he's, he's not a handsome man. He's a nerd trying to look handsome, mm. uh, which when he gets more money, he gets a lot better. at that. <laughs> and there's also other jokes in it that would be reused more over season one, like the whole Uh, If you remember when William Shatner comes to town in season one of Family Guy, and he has all these like weird poses with no in-between animation, that joke is all over it. Life of Larry, if you haven't seen it, let me tell you, it has all the positives and negatives of Seth MacFarlane. Let's talk about those flaws. Uh Uh-huh. It looks like shit. This is not animation. Okay, it's animated, but it definitely looks like a... I've watched RISD short films by people who go on to be great animators. They looked way better than this. Like, this is very cheap looking. There's not even a consistent style in this. Nope, all over the place barely animated characters it's just lip flap most of the time it's incredibly unfocused it starts with them watching star trek it's all just stitched together the reason i think seth mcfarlane even has the live action stuff is because he's like this doesn't have a beginning to an end i need to have me in live action explain to you the life of larry and so it just breaks up all these scenes that are just constant cutaways no story highly dependent on pop culture references all of the characters do cutaways, and the cheapest bit, I think he must have had a time quota to turn it in because there's 30 seconds of darkness in it where just the <laughs> lights are off and characters are talking. Now, even a hater like me, though, would have to admit that Seth MacFarlane comes off as a young and handsome success waiting to happen. He seems like a guy with a ton of potential, so you can see why people warmed to him immediately when they met him. If you watch it, though, and then you think about how uh, one year later... A little show called South Park will come out. Mm. You can see why a door starts to open for a guy who makes this uh, Life of Larry. But so one of the people who watched the presentation at RISD of of this was Cartoon Network executive Fred Seibert, who headed up the whole What a Cartoon program. And he wants to hire Seth to make a kid-friendly version of Larry and Steve, for uh, the pilot program. And not only that, while he's working on that, uh, and those Larry and Steve shorts will still star the same guys who are basically Peter and Brian, but they'll have more like kids adventures than sitcom adventures. But Seth would also become a writer and storyboarder for Hanna-Barbera shows on early Cartoon Network, including Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo. But no
0: more live action segments with him.
1: No, no, not for, not until uh, Adult Swim he sneaks himself on screen again. In a
0: very similar garb.
1: Yeah, it's basically just him. Again, like Seth, this, why do a joke once? Yeah, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Dust <laughs> it off. Uh, so Seth does two Larry and Steve shorts for Cartoon Network, but they pass on it so he and his management takes those pilots to fox to pitch it to fox as a new sitcom he could do as a primetime show and he's following a similar path of other successes at fox cartoonist who becomes the showrunner like matt Groening and mike judge though from the beginning he's also a voice actor like mike judge unlike matt Groening. he did all all of the voices in his uh, short film.
0: We pointed it out on the Family Guy episode of What a Cartoon, but he is a very good voice actor. He really, really A is. lot of uh, yeah. strong and varied performances. Even in this first episode, he's very good.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, you save money on the cast, because you're already paying him for uh, show running, so you're not know, going to pay him a lot to be the voice actor. So he is pitching it to Fox, thanks to the surprise success of King of the Hill, plus South Park being the hottest thing going in animation, the new Simpsons basically, Fox had a renewed interest in more animated programming to join the Simpsons and King of the Hill. They in fact wanted so much that they're like, King of the Hill shouldn't be partnered with Simpsons anymore. It needs to be the anchor of Tuesday night. It's that successful. So they have a Tuesday night time slot they're going to start putting animation on as well as the spot between The Simpsons and X-Files on Sunday night.
0: That Tuesday night was perfect for me as a loser teen who loved cartoons, <laughs> but bad for every other show because it was King of the Hill, Family Guy, PJs, and something else on that night. Mm-hmm. And they all basically lost all of their ratings by going to <laughs> Tuesday.
1: It was a giant mistake, but it's just like how The Simpsons got shoved to Thursday when they should have just stayed on Sunday the whole time. But uh, you know, network programming executives they get they get greedy. They're like, well, if this was a hit on Sunday, we can move it somewhere else like that's why man the graveyard of of the Thursday night show that was between friends and Seinfeld Uh-oh. and they move them all in their second season and they'd all die we
0: just discovered that uh, Veronica's closet no sorry Caroline in the city got as many viewers in its first season as the finale of Game of Thrones that's right it was that's just right. as culturally <laughs> relevant as the end of Game of Thrones people
1: so going on behind the scenes at Fox Futurama had already been approved to be a series like as a pilot it did not get fully ordered to series until about four months before Family Guy did. But it was still in action then. But seemingly, you've got Futurama like that's your go-to hit. The next show from the creator of The Simpsons? Wow. But executives at Fox of alternative comedy, I believe their titles were, Mike Darnell and Leslie Collins, they liked uh, the Larry and Steve shorts that Seth MacFarlane gave them. They thought like, I think they even said it in one article he's their matt and trey he's gonna Mm. be their south park guy i think they definitely saw seth as the future while matt graining and futurama was the past and so darnell and collins they give seth mcfarlane fifty thousand dollars to make a pilot it's nothing in, you don't make television animation no. for $50,000.
0: It sounds like a lot of money to all of us out here now, but you can't yeah. make a pilot of $50,000. Uh,
1: and so I've heard competing things. Some things say it was a 15-minute pilot. All that's on the internet is a seven-minute pilot. And I find it more likely that he made seven minutes because he was used to working in the seven-minute format of Larry and Steve and the other uh, cartoon cartoon shows. But over a six-month period, Seth McFarlane he says he animated it entirely himself using digital assets. And let me tell you, if you <laughs> watch it on YouTube, the original seven-minute pitch pilot is there. It looks like one person animated it. But again, I have to respect the hustle of McFarlane. Like, how many uh people are like Troy Duffy of uh. Boondock Saints given this kind of opportunity? Who just completely fuck it up or get a a full head and don't finish their thing. He was given $50,000, told you got six months to make a seven-minute pilot. Go to it, Cartoon Boy. And he just fucking does it. Works himself to death doing it.
0: And even if you don't like it, it has a consistent style. He developed a style that the show would follow.
1: And, uh if you watch it it is virtually the first seven minutes of this episode of family Guy which is also why this episode of family Guy takes a big turn when they run out of pilot stories because they have to make this a law lo- a full 22 minutes not seven minutes uh, but it's all there like one big difference is in the designs like Lois is blonde with a red shirt Meg is um played like less vain she's kind of nothing in it and she has a white shirt and in a blue hat, and Chris has cutoffs, and Chris is also voiced by McFarlane. The only woman in it is Alex Borstein. And oh, she's
0: still in the pilot.
1: She is in the pilot, yes. Yeah, she, she was like floating around herself.
0: from uh, the Mad TV pool.
1: Yeah. It's uh, funny how a
0: lot of voice actors from this era came from Mad TV.
1: Yeah, I have a bigger theory about that, but I definitely think some Fox favors were called in on this voice cast
0: here. Lacey Chalbert, you're ready to go. (laughs) Get out there.
1: Uh, But yes, Alex Morstein, she is in the pilot as Lois. She was cast that early. I I watched one of those Mrs. Swan clips again. I was like, how did we do this how did we as a
0: society say this is okay yeah, we'd
1: be like this is fine yeah
0: we're living in the post that guy getting fired from snl uh, yes, landscape yeah. now but uh i mean it's uh hey maybe that lady she did look like a man who knows <sighs>
1: oh, god that was a sketch i watched That's i know swan, me too yeah. uh no i uh god yeah miss swan i mean anyway <laughs> so uh he makes the pilot he finished it like he presents it to them And the Fox folks love it. The two executives who greenlit it, they love it. And they're like, you know what? We're going with this. This pilot has sold us on... Which also, like, Fox primetime shows do not get, like, a pilot of animation. They normally just order it to, to 13 immediately. But that's not what happened with Family Guy. He actually did a pilot. And so, May 14th, 1998, these are all the Variety headlines here I'm going to be going through. So that's the official dates here. In May 14th of 1998, it is officially reported by Variety that Fox is making a new animated series with the article citing Fox anonymous sources <laughs> that spelled it out why it was attractive to the broadcaster it was cheap and edgy edgy like south park would work well within the fox system and was run by a young guy that wouldn't reject notes like matt graining would and they even called it the little engine that could Hmm. that show so uh and we talked about it a bit on our futurama podcast but like matt graining was very aggressively not taking notes and being like publicly embattled with fox so i do think like if matt graining hadn't pissed off fox execs that much they'd might not have greenlit family guy is competition for Futurama.
0: I think Matt Groening earned the right to be a huge dick he about Futurama.
1: Did. Yeah. 100% did. Yeah, totally.
0: I read some, I mentioned it on a previous episode of something, but if you go back to like a Mother Jones interview from 98 or 99, he is so upfront with how mad he is at Fox. Like yeah. it's around the premiere of Futurama or before, but he's like, no, they fucked me over I made their network. And it's not him saying, I made you, I can break you. He literally made Fox. Like, Fox yeah. would not exist without The Simpsons, period.
1: No way. No way. So once it's ordered to series, the voice cast starts coming together beyond Borstein. And this is where I say it is a real bunch of Fox favors here, uh-huh. which keeps it in the family, which I think... You know, also probably makes it a cheaper or at least easier with red tape than casting a bunch of people who don't already have existing Fox contracts, like, say, the casts of PJs or Futurama. So you've not only got Man TV's alex borstein but also as a recurring voice actor on it phil lamar who was really getting into his voice acting career in 998 you've got seth green who at the time was on buffy the vampire this slayer a fox show it was a fox show yeah it was on wb but it was a fox production so he was working for them too and uncredited in the, every episode she's in lacey chabert of uh party of five i didn't realize she was uncredited not in the credits that's so weird (laughs) and of course in season two she'll be replaced by mila kunis who was on that 70s show so another current fox employee it just reminds me of how when i watch netflix animated series like bojack and other ones which I really love, BoJack. But I'm like, oh, that voice actor is contracted to another Netflix show. It's all like these other Netflix people. And they really keep it in the family. Yeah,
0: I had no idea Lacey was. For some reason, I knew it was her, and I wasn't a Party of Five fan or whatever. I just knew that she was on the show and doing that voice. I
1: didn't know when it premiered. I, I didn't. Uh, only after the fact, when her voice changed, did I look and like, who was it? And, it's
0: it's a bad voice for that character. Like Mila Kunis gave that character a lot more edge to yes, how hated yeah. she is.
1: Which if 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 they're going to treat her like shit, then you need somebody edgier instead of the nice voice of Lacey. Lacey
0: has like a very like stage child actress Mm -hmm. voice, like a very storybook almost voice. And
1: she's really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not
0: the Meg you want.
1: Uh, So it was hard to find on record a real explanation of why Lacey, one, wasn't credited. Like even in the original Variety article, it's not just like in the credits on the episodes. In the original Variety article review of the series, they list everybody except for her as the voice like they just don't say she's the voice now the reason she left the show and was uncredited seems a bit muddled uh like even seth MacFarlane, i think he plays a little dumb of like i you know i'm not really sure how she left but she didn't want to work on it so she didn't but my belief this is my tinfoil hat time hmm. I think her managers wanted her to stick to family-friendly animation at the time, Uh... and I think, too, she probably had something in her contract. So looking down her IMDb, she was a guest voice in a lot of shows in the late 90s, but only the series regular on one show at the same time. The wild thornberries.
0: No, oh, she was uh, Eliza. She's Eliza, the lead wow. actor on that show. I totally forgot about that.
1: And so I think it could have been Klasky, it could have been a management, it could have been, been Shubo. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody. Didn't want the star of Wild Thornberries to also be a series regular on this profane and un- low-rated and seemingly doomed to failure I Family Guy show.
0: Forgot she played that hideous character, <laughs> one of Klaski Chupo's <laughs> ugliest characters, and I've seen all of Duckman. She's
1: got a lot of character to her. Face, yeah, let's <laughs> say that. Uh, but yeah, so she was the lead in Wild Thornberries. Like that, it premiered in 1998. So. I think it could have just been, I mean, it could be as simple as her contract says. You're in first position on Wild Thornberries. You are not allowed to be a series regular on anything else. Like, it could could be that simple. But for whatever reason, she only does the... Now, in broadcast, there's seven episodes of season one. Production, there's 15 episodes of season one. So that's why in season two, in broadcast order, Meg's voice keeps changing because they'll air Uh. a production season one and then a production season two. Uh, so, after they got the cast there, they start building up their originals writer's room, which you've got Seth MacFarlane and David Zuckerman. He from, was the showrunner. From King of the Hill. Yes, yeah, yeah. He came over. There were several folks from King of the Hill. Uh, also, Craig Hoffman, Danny Smith, Gary Giannetti, John Riggi, Chris Sheridan, Neil Goldman, Garrett Donovan, Ricky Blitt, Andrew Gormley and Matt Weitzman and Mike Barker, the future American Dad guys, who I think are the best writers of the first years of, of Family Guys. That's a lot of
0: writers for a new show.
1: Plus writer-actor Mike Henry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. Yes, uh, who is white, but uh, hey. <laughs> anyway, another person stolen from the... Well, not stolen, but a person who worked on The Simpsons was they had non-writing producer on the show, Sherry Gunther, who uh, she worked on the Klasky Chupo days of The Simpsons and also worked with Seth on multiple Hanna-Barbera Cartoon Network shows, too. Okay, I recognize her name. The deeper connections to The Simpsons is more... On the animation side of things... First off, because this was a Film Roman show, the production was done out of Film Roman concurrently with Simpsons, but digitally before Simpsons ever went digital.
0: Very ugly digital animation.
1: And uh, the supervising director of the series, who also directed this first episode, Death as a Shadow, Peter Shin. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter Shin was a timer and layout artist at Klasky Chupo, working on various Simpsons episodes in that capacity from seasons two through seven. And he eventually got into the director position. They broadcasted about the same time, so I don't know which came first but he directed several episodes starting in season 3 of Duckman and also a few segments of season 2 of Freakazoid so hmm. good uh, good resume there yeah, for Peter Shepp so. And also, thanks to Klasky Chupo, right as Family Guy was greenlit, Peter Shin was fresh off of being a sequence director on the Rugrats movie as well. Pretty so, high profile. Yeah. And, for 98, right? <laughs> I Yeah, it, it was pre- I, that was like the biggest animated hit uh, in the pre shrek world. Like it was the first non-Disney animated movie to ever make 100 million, I believe. Yeah, its it was status a huge
0: was. movie. Still have never seen it.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? I Me mean, neither. It seemed a little too farty poopy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, especially, I just boo on Dill. Don't Yeah,
0: they introduced (laughs) Dill
1: to the package.
0: I don't care for it. Uh,
1: And so if you want to see what kind of skill and guidance Shin brought to the show, watch the first act of the episode that is the seven-minute McFarlane-only pilot, and then see all the improvements side-by-side that Peter Shin did when he made it a real show.
0: When you're forced to adapt to that style, which I think is particularly ugly in a not appealing way i feel like you're hamstrung in a lot of ways
1: yes yeah i wrote the same thing foundationally hampered by trying to match seth mcfarlane's pilot animation and it's something they can kind of never shake they've improved the animation so much over time and then i think it kind of much like the Simpsons plateaued and then went down in animation quality but it eventually got to be good animation goodish yeah
0: i was still surprised by the american dad that we watched how good it got mm-hmm. within that style
1: yeah yeah they uh, i mean i think they they learned a lot of lessons by that point and also could start from a better place yeah. like yeah this again they were stuck at with the fat with the speed that they were moving at they're like if the pilot looks like this let's just Fucking work with it. Not not unlike how they had the shorts of The Simpsons, and they just had to go with that and just make decisions on the fly, which which leads to some you know uh, wild moments in early Simpsons. Not and so the same happened to to Family Guy, and also in the first season of Family Guy, Shin pulled away two other animators from The Simpsons, uh, directors Dominic Polchino mm-hmm. and Neil Affleck. That's right. They both leave the show.
0: We talked a lot about them on our on our show talking Simpsons, which we're doing now,
1: <laughs> and. <laughs> I forgot. This is the <laughs> yeah, Talking Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, animation was handled digitally overseas by Sunwoo, uh, and then so summer of nineteen ninety-eight, a confluence of things happened great for Family Guy. One that they got David Zuckerman as co-showrunner, so Fox could trust a, a veteran to watch over McFarlane. That Film Roman would be the production company. That Fox finally signed an animation deal with with the WGA to make their shows union, which included Family Guy. So those. Fucking lucky family guy writers. They got to be Union from day one, unlike the poor Simpsons writers Uh, who didn't become Union until season 10. But most importantly, at Fox, Mike Darnell, who greenlit the show, got a big promotion. (laughs) So... Boy, do you think he's going to give good, uh, favorable uh, deals to the show he greenlit? Do you think?
0: I think he's going to be very uh, favorable to Family Guy and treat them well and give them a place on his network.
1: So Mike Darnell, uh, other than Family Guy, his claim to fame is he oversaw all the Fox reality programming of the world's blankiest blanks. Mm. That's That was all him. He takes credit for that. When buildings <laughs> fall down? Uh, and also, incoming Fox television president... Family Guy was greenlit before this, but as we're entering 1999, Fox has a new network president, Doug Herzog, which you know is the man who canceled Mystery Science Theater on That's Common him. Central That's Home
0: him. Club. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I knew that. I was feeling some just uh, deadly vibes from that name. <laughs> now I know why.
1: Uh, Herzog. So Doug Herzog, uh, he was behind much of the hit MTV programming of the early 90s, like Beavis and Butthead, Real World, those, those shows. I hate that he cancelled MST three K, but I can't argue with his success of greenlighting South Park and rebuilding the brand of Comedy Central to a much more popular one. Yeah. And so he's fresh off of the success of the rejuvenated Comedy Central with South Park. What show do you think he's gonna like? The nerdy sci-fi show called Futurama that costs a lot of money? Mm. Or the profane cheap show by a young guy. I which... wasn't aware
0: of this angle, but it's all coming together now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm just I'm just I'm not saying. Man... But I'm saying.
0: <laughs> oh, very nice. Um, so, the Comedy Central poll. <laughs>
1: uh, so Darnell and Herzog led the way of a group of execs that definitely preferred the cheap and agreeable family guy to the expensive and headstrong Futurama being produced at the same time. December 3rd, 1998, it is announced that Fox has locked down the 25-year-old McFarlane to a multi-million dollar five-year-long production deal. Uh, they literally say in the article, they say him uh, see him as the future and creator of their own South Park. They are pitching him as that, which I think is why the merchandise... like That was another reason I did hate Family Guy. The merchandise was there before there was the demand.
0: Day one, it was there. I remember going to Suncoast, and I saw the Brian uh, Stewie stuff. Uh, In fact, I remember one of the teachers was like, uh, whose leg do I have
1: to hump to get a dry martini around here or whatever? I was like, he already has
0: a catchphrase? Have I heard this yet on the show?
1: Yeah, that really... As I was becoming a more cynical teen, that also really turned me off to that. Oh, team.
0: by the way, I felt I feel really stupid because that Tuesday night show, uh, sorry, the Tuesday night block. I forgot what the fourth show was. It was Futurama. Yes, so the Futurama, yes, PJ's King right. of the Hill, Family Guy. Sorry, obviously it was Futurama.
1: In that article too about signing up McFarland, it's even mentioned that. The Family Guy uh, premiere is up in the air. Could it be after Simpsons or could it be on Tuesday? Who knows? But even the article's like, well, Futurama's probably getting after Simpsons. December 13th, right after they show off their big investment in Seth MacFarlane, it is announced in an unprecedented move that Family Guy, not heir apparent Futurama, Uh... will get the post-Super Bowl 33, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time premiere. It is... A gigantic boost, like in the 90s, being the show that premieres after the Super Bowl, that's about as good of a boost from your first episode as you can
0: get. Do we have numbers on the amount of viewers
1: on that? Yes. Okay, yes, it's yeah. got to be
0: what? Uh, I'm going to say 30.
1: Smaller than that, uh, actually. 22. Uh, it was more like, they want to say 20, I think think it's more like 17
0: sorry i think like 30 million is mash or something
1: like that well the well the super bowl did get 30 million but it also as you saw heard at the top 34 to 19 it was not the most exciting super bowl it's one of the ones where people don't stick around not everyone sticks around for the fourth quarter uh but so yes it was a huge boost that the show would be getting super bowl as we know now after the fact futurama was sure they had that super bowl slot they were certain of it they do a joke in season one about
0: it it's true and also it's been a year since Talking Futurama and it's coming back by the way season 2 is coming Mm -hmm. back if you're a patron so look for it on patreon.com talking simpsons but also, wasn't Futurama on after The Simpsons like three times before moving twice, to Tuesday? And it twice. never did better than then.
1: Nope, yeah. never did. I Well, so it is announced in that December 13th article that they're getting the post-Super Bowl thing, but they're not sure when... They say it's going to premiere in April, Family Guy, but they're still not sure on the time slot. And you can really read between the lines in that that Fox hasn't yet broken it to Futurama that they're not oh. getting Simpsons. 1998 closes with that unsureness about who gets tuesday and who gets sunday and also they're competing with the about to premiere eddie murphy claymation sitcom the pjs which at one point was a big deal for fox but by the time it debuts in january nobody cares i think doug herzog probably didn't care as much about a show he didn't green light so family guy debuts its ratings were uh, worse than the previous year's post-Super Bowl special, which was not really, but the first three minutes were live, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Where uh, John Lithgow gets tackled on the football field right after so the game itself. three
0: minutes of it are live?
1: Uh, I'd say even one minute, okay really. it's like uh, but but that was the show that's just the comparison that like it actually did worse than the year before they didn't get a ton of retention and they even said that it wasn't that much higher than what the PJ's debut ratings got two weeks earlier without a Super Bowl intro Wow wow uh, but the fix was in already so that kind of didn't matter so February 1999 Fox is at a crossroads they got the PJs they got family Guy. And they got the still-to-debut Futurama. What are they going to do?
0: And up front, they ordered two seasons of Futurama, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) So February 16th comes the official news that Family Guy will get the Post Simpson slot starting uh, in April, but that Futurama will get two Sunday previews before moving to after King of the Hill on Tuesday. Tuesday. God. Yep. I know all this, but it's still
0: is coming as shocking news to me. It's like it's all <laughs> unfolding in front of me. I'm like, no, I can't stop it. No. <laughs>
1: I mean, when the, the two nights where Futurama was with Simpsons, it just made sense. It
0: felt so right. It, was, it felt perfect.
1: Uh, it all went wrong after that. Yeah. It, t- it could
0: still be on TV now on Fox if they kept that.
1: And that's such an insult to Graining, too. Just like, oh, we'll give you two nights there. How you fu- how you like those Sunday night ratings? Yoink.
0: <laughs> See Go you in Tuesday, guy. Town Loser.
1: <laughs> family Guy started airing in April But its ratings weren't that great either, to be honest. And after seven episodes, they take a break for Summer 99. And by the next season, Futurama gets to go back to Sunday for a season, while Family Guy goes to Tuesday. And then after a season of that... Then everything's getting preempted so much, and then they just they decide that King of the Hill goes back to Sunday, and that Family Guy and Futurama will be before King of the Hill. They're going to create this seven o'clock thing that's really uh, called the preemption hour during football. Season. All
0: sports destroy that slot. <laughs> I hated sports more than my than any time in my life during that time,
1: but that is the tale of how Family Guy got to go after the Super Bowl and stole Futuramas. Glory. And but the
0: funny thing is, Fox really screwed them over in the end. Like, towards mm-hmm. the end of Family Guy's original Fox run, they were just not airing episodes. I remember the summer of 2001, I uh, was not in school. I had a part time job. I just had a lot of free time. And I was like, well, Family Guy's on tonight and it's <laughs> new. There are new Family Guys. Yeah. And it was just them burning off the rest of season three. And, you know, we all thought the show would be gone forever.
1: Dad and PJ's just got a summer dump, basically. And yeah, it was. Well, that's Hollywood, isn't it? Like, Monday <laughs> or some. The, the guy at the top next day just promote a box factory and that's what was happening to seth he was he was signed to this big deal but they're like oh family guy wasn't the huge hit we thought it'd be Eh, we'll just sit on your deal pay it until it's done and then you'll be a guy who doesn't make tv shows that's what it all seemed like was going to happen until adult swim and tv on dvd happened. it's
0: it's amazing that uh futurama and family guy were sort of rivals but they also together made Adult Swim a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's shocking the two shows that seem to hate each other so much had good reason to hate each other in the beginning, then became so like linked for, uh, from then on, thanks to Adult Swim.
0: Because when it first started on, in 2003, I remember... Adult Swim every night would kick off with Futurama, and then Family Guy, and then all of the Adult Swim stuff. It was such the perfect like roll into mm. all the weirder stuff.
1: I watched so many Family Guys because Me of that. too That, that was uh, that was also my my dirty secret that I was like. I was a Family Guy hater, but I also was like, through entropy, I would watch every episode because I just would turn on Adult Swim. So, what am I going to do? Not watch it? I already have the channel to this. Ch- ch- I already have the TV to this channel. I'm the same way. <laughs> so, Simpsons and Family Guy would forever be connected. There'd be a big competition between them. Simpsons took their shots at Family Guy many times over the years. I think that stopped when. Family Guy became an undeniable success and instead of taking a knock at a failed thing like Fish Police, they were taking knocks at a popular thing and I don't think... uh Al Jean and other folks at Simpsons wanted to be mean anymore about no. that stuff. Even and though I think they were absolutely deserving to do that.
0: It was so weird to see Family Guy be this just very minor, obscure show for three years. And then when it came back in 2005, like between 2005 and 2008 or nine, it, it was never bigger. There yeah. was merch everywhere, video games. Uh, it just was inescapable.
1: Everywhere. Yeah. Just, yeah. And the Simpsons Family Guy uh, sniping at each other would grow over time. Culminating in the 2014 crossover two-parter, which uh, Harry Shearer is uh, the only one who sat it out, which I'm proud of you, Harry. (laughs) Yes,
0: I love you, Harry Shearer. I Uh, I have watched this, and I refuse to talk about it. It it scarred Mm -hmm. me.
1: They are Family Guy episodes. Yes, PC but
0: um, it's not a place these Simpsons should ever be. No,
1: no. And Even in their
0: current form, which I still like in some ways, they are two kinds of humor that should not mix. Well,
1: and so what's going on with Family Guy and The Simpsons these days? Well, interestingly enough, in February of 2019, when it was announced that The Simpsons got renewed for two more seasons, Family Guy only got renewed for one more which I think shows that I think Disney's done with they're not going to want more Family Guy in its current form after this current season. This is my prediction.
0: I think it is the, uh, culturally, it's the more ephemeral show. I don't think it will have the Mm. staying power of Simpsons.
1: I mean, definitely people probably still watch it a ton, but I think as a draw on a Disney Plus, the Simpsons is that a lot more plus. I do think that Disney Plus is trying to be an all-ages kind of streaming network, Mm. and Family Guy is a real dirty show. R-rated in some on occasion. And The Simpsons makes Disney jokes not like Family Guy makes Disney jokes though. Yeah,
0: that's true. So As of now, they're renewed for 18th, but not 19th.
1: Yes, yes. So So
0: 18th will begin... Are we in 18? The
1: 2019 to 2020 season is the only season they're uh, officially doing now.
0: So if we don't find out soon, it could be over.
1: It could be. Wow. Well, give it till February next year. I think February is usually the cutoff for those. And, And also, like Family Guy is on Hulu... But then again, Hulu is basically owned by Disney now anyway, so...
0: It's so weird. What even is is Hulu Hulu now?
1: Well, Hulu originally was... Fox? Disney, Fox, Comcast. When Disney bought Fox, they became 50%. And then they said to Warner, hey, can we just buy your 25%? They did. So now it is 75% Disney and 25% Comcast, and Comcast doesn't seem that invested in it anymore. And
0: Comcast is NBC. Yes. And NBC yeah. has Peacock now, or they will. They will, yes. So, uh-huh. I don't even get Hulu anymore.
1: Uh, Hulu, I think, is just going to be a thing they want you to have in addition to Disney Plus. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, so, who knows what the future holds as well, because Seth MacFarlane's current deal with Fox slash Disney, that ends in 2020 as well just his overall deal to produce content who knows netflix could get tired of making things that look like family guy and just pay seth mcfarlane a billion dollars to make them more family guys I could honestly, I could easily see that. Is
0: there a Ted 3 on the horizon? <laughs> a million and one uh, ways to die in the West? I don't know if
1: Disney's into those movies now. Yeah. He's going to have to sell them to somebody else. Uh, but all right, that, sorry, that is the tale of how Family Guy got into it. I also wanted to do all this talk because this is a light on content episode of Family Guy. That I don't it think really we'll is. Get, I don't think we can get two hours out of this like a Simpsons one. <laughs> star was born on Super Bowl Sunday. I say, am I to spend the
3: entire day wallowing around with my own feces? A little service here. Meet Stewie
0: on the series premiere of Family Guy, April 11th on Fox. Quadruped?
3: Mutant.
1: Assahoy, folks. It's the break for this week's Talking Family Guy. And yes, uh, we had a lot of fun going over uh, the first installment of Family Guy this week just because it's so important in the history of Simpsons quite honestly and we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as our regular episodes of Talking Simpsons which will resume next week and we're able to do this thanks to the support of amazing listeners like you at patreon.com talking simpsons every week me and Bob put out a new Talking Simpsons podcast and a new What a Cartoon podcast plus tons of extras all for our patreon.com talking simpsons subscribers For $5 a month, you'll get to hear every episode of Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon a week ahead of time and ad free. Plus, you get access to all of our amazing interviews with folks who'd worked on The Simpsons, in some cases as early as the first shorts. Plus, our monthly community podcast. And best of all, our many Patreon exclusive mini series where we talk about different animated series in the same Talking Simpsons style. We did the entire series of The Critic, we did the entire first season of King of the Hill, we did the entire first season of Futurama and coming very soon is the first half of season two of Futurama and only five dollar and up patrons can hear that so please check all of that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons And if you just grabbed a bunch of money from some magical money rain, you should sign up at the $10 and up level at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Premium supporters not only get all of the $5 stuff I just mentioned, but they get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob talk about a different animated feature film once a month. We just did Cowboy Bebop the movie. Before that, Akira, a Goofy movie, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Into the Spider-Verse, and tons and tons more. We talk about all of our favorite animated films and you can only hear that if you sign up at the ten dollar premium level of patreon.com slash talking simpsons and that has so many more benefits for you there too please one more time that's patreon.com slash talking simpsons Right off the bat with Death as a Shadow, I think we should mention the uh, Season 10 episode that they did. Oh,
0: yeah. Back to the Pilot. Mm -hmm. I watched that for this recording, and it's very funny in that it's a Back to the Future 2-style parody in which they return back to previous scenes they were in. Mm. But in this case, it's mostly them making fun of how bad the pilot is. Like, they're aware. If you think we're going to be mean to the pilot, they're aware of how (laughs) bad it is within the show itself, and they make fun of it. Mm, Yeah. They also make fun of Lacey Chalbert. (laughs) Oh, she sounds like she's about to blow up. Opportunity.
1: I, th- I think Seth MacFarlane is better at laughing at himself than uh, The Simpsons is. I'll give him that yeah. edge too.
0: I mean, it would be funny if The Simpsons went back to uh, a bad older episode and like experienced that horror. Mm-hmm. But I think the closest we've come to that is having the Tracy Ullman characters on the couch.
1: Uh, oh, no, wait, they were ghosts in oh, yeah. that Halloween episode. That's right. Too. So, in a yeah.
0: way, they kind of, but not fully like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, why don't we hear the wonderful first jokes of Family Guy?
3: Mom, Dad, I found cigarettes in Greg's jacket.
2: Greg, were you smoking cigarettes? No, Dad. Well, he's lying. There's no doubt about that. Greg, I'm afraid your punishment will be four hours in the snake pit. Maybe that'll give you some time to think about what you've done.
4: Oh, man. That'll teach him.
2: And Jan, I'm afraid you've earned a day in the chamber of fire for tattling on your brother.
4: Ah, smoking. How does a boy like that go so wrong? Well, I live in a crummy
2: neighborhood brady's oh hell yeah they got robbers thugs drug dealers all right you name it you folks want some pancakes no thank you see that's the worst we got is uh jemima's witnesses
0: Bam. Boo. Bam. Bam. Boo. <laughs> it's funny uh, it's really telling that the first uh, joke in this entire pilot is not featuring the characters really mm-hmm. <laughs> just like welcome to the show it is parodies they more list- than the critic
1: <laughs> they listlessly watch television yeah Uh, And yeah, the first, let me know, first jokes on Family Guy are, what if a Brady Bunch was like crazy? And doesn't Jemima sound like Jehovah? That's it. That's the... Tell me, Henry, will they make similar Scooby-Doo jokes? (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to someday thinking about how... You know, I never really thought about how like Shaggy's kind of like a pothead, isn't he?
0: Wouldn't aren't they just doing drugs all the time?
1: Man, I know I've never thought of that. To be and, fair, the
0: Harvey Birdman version of that was much better.
1: Yeah, yeah. In both cases, they did get Frank Welker to do to resume his voice. I, I do I appreciated when Family Guy put in the effort, but this is okay. This is the thing I did hate about Family Guy, is that this is so fish in a barrel like observations that I feel like everybody had been making the entire nineties. This thing about the Brady Bunch is nothing new. It's like, what if the Brady Bunch were fucking? Like, those jokes always have happened. Yeah,
0: it's just like filtering older stand-up through this cartoon lens, almost. The
1: the fucking Brady Bunch did it themselves in their movies. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. I never Uh, thought of it. Yeah, the Brady Bunch movies were just making fun of the Brady Bunch for two different movies. uh,
1: and, And also, just a general note I have about Family Guy compared to The Simpsons is, on The Simpsons, well... Al Jean would break this rule sometimes but usually the simpsons would be watching a show that is like a show but it would be you know hosted by Krusty or they'd make up somebody to host it on this they're like well just it's the brady bunch it's just they're watching it it's i just think that's why people
0: bunch. liked it so much though because it was things you recognized
1: i know and that's, that's part of the appeal it's the, just like
0: oh yeah this is not a parody of the brady bunch with different characters this is just the brady bunch but exaggerated in some way
1: they did a joke I, I found, a recent joke, which is they played Double Dribble, like the NES game, yeah. for 90 seconds. I like, think they
0: did one with, like, Tecmo Bowl, too. Man. And which is just, like, doing a Let's Play via Family Guy. Yep,
1: yeah, but it's a joke about... but. I, I gotta give it to them on the specificity of just like yeah the corner three that's 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 what's broken and dribble, double dribble but it's a but yeah it is like I recognized it the joke like uh, but the Brady Bunch thing they're doing was the plot of a season two episode called Where There's Smoke which is about them finding cigarettes in Greg's jacket and him saying it's not his which does belong it actually does belong to his friend Tommy
0: interesting that's not one of the more well known ones I think because I think they covered all of those in the movie
1: yeah they I'll give it to falling for going a little deeper on that. God, Jemima's witnesses though. That sucks. Such a bad joke. Just And that's how you go into your opening. Yeah. So up front you're like, uh what is
0: this show? Like who yeah. are these people? What's the point of this? <laughs> what is the reality?
1: And just like uh Lisa Sachs did fifteen months earlier, they also conceive of an opening where the characters recreate all in the family. So another thing that when I saw it, I was like, Simpsons did that. And then not only is the OP, you know, the all in the family recreation, but that basically turns into the Simpsons opening with the dancing with the elephants and
0: yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's a bit
1: weird. Now, I do think the opening does sum up what Family Guy at its best, too, which is that it's a hoary old sitcom that then becomes some quality musical numbers. Like, that's that's really what the show... Obviously, what Seth MacFarlane really wanted to do was sing. Like, once he got his sitcom, he's yeah. like, all right, time to sing. And I'll sing as three different people. I'll be singing as myself all the time. I'll
0: invite Frank Sinatra Jr. on the show.
1: And then it'll be Frank Sinatra Jr. plus me, and <laughs> also me. And then I'll be in the audience as another character saying I like he it. He has album Folks, multiple <laughs> albums. <laughs> Uh, We come back from the opening. Meg wants lip injections. We then get the show's first Hitler joke, one of uh, many, many, many Hitler jokes.
0: You know, Hitler jokes once felt kind of uh, lame and tacky. Mm -hmm. Now they just feel like, uh, I don't know, there's a different weight to them now.
1: (laughs) Definitely, yes. I think,
0: uh, not to get too way down with modern day politics, but the joke was just like, oh, this will never happen again. Mm -hmm. Hitler's open game on Hitler. Now you're just like, ooh, I'm looking at Hitler's everywhere now.
1: (laughs) Now I do think uh, this Hitler joke was not in the pilot presentation that uh, seth did neither was the lip injection stuff so this was all added in i think by zuckerman uh, just to fill out the show like definitely this lip injection things gives meg something to do aside from nothing which is what she did in the pilot uh but the hitler kegs on it was something that always separated them from the simpsons
0: yeah, Matt Greening famously hated, a, hated Hitler gags. You you can see a few here and there, but what I notice about this episode compared to one 10 years later is like they are so desperate with the cutaways. Like they never give you a second to just breathe and, and like take the show in yeah. at face value. There are just like so many cutaways in this. I would say like three or four times the amount you would see like five or six years later on the show.
1: And they ju- and they smash them up together too. Like and then I did this, but after I did that. And then I did this. Yeah,
0: it's it's like a a cutaway combo almost. (laughs)
1: Uh, But why do we meet the hilarious talking baby that the world loves to hear? Excellent.
3: The mind control device is nearing completion. Stewie,
4: I said no toys at the table.
3: Damn you, vile woman. You've impeded my work since the day I escaped from your wretched womb. Oh,
4: don't pout, honey. You know, when you were born, the doctor said you were the happiest looking baby he'd ever seen.
3: But of course. That was my victory day. The fruition of my deeply laid plans to escape from that cursed ovarian bastille. Return the device, woman. No toys, Stewie. Very well, then. Mark my words. When you least expect it, your uppance will come.
4: Mom, can I turn the heat up? Oh, don't touch the thermostat, Meg. If father gets upset. Come on, this thing goes up to 90.
2: What your the thermostat?
4: God, how does he always know?
2: Brain implant, Meg. Every father's got one. Tells you when the children are messing with the dial. Hey, Peter, my thing went off. Your thermostat okay? Yeah, it's all right.
1: Hey, is my kid over here. Forget it, false alarm.
0: There's like a weird off-model Cleveland popping in there.
1: So the pilot seven- minute pilot it is just Cleveland yeah like so that I think they wanted Cleveland to be in different scenes like well also in the in the seven minute pilot there's no quagmire so I I think in between the pilot and making the first season they realized they needed a Lenny and Carl for yeah. for uh, for I almost called him Homer for, for Peter <laughs> Homer Griffin uh, uh Stewie, yeah some, huh? some
0: things they dropped in this that I I like that they dropped was like so immediately upon watching this as a 16 year old in 1999 I'm like this is pinky and the Brain. Mm. This stuff has already been done. The the, uh, diminutive character who wants to take over the world, who's secretly evil and talks in this very affected way, it's it's the brain. It's the brain. You've done this before, so I'm glad that like after this season they just dropped this completely. Mm. And Sui's just like a weirdo
1: it's it's lame as fuck I yeah. hated it from the second by the end of the third season when they figured out that he's like an effeminate weirdo who just says odd things and also who hangs out with Brian while also hating him that is a much better character than like uh, victory is mine like that sucks
0: like I, I, he's already got his like catchphrases picked out ahead Ugh. of time it's very stupid uh,
1: I like in the back to the pilot they also point out that he just says too many words like yeah, you know, he has a thesaurus with him and that he
0: lost access to his like uh, amount of gadgetry
1: <laughs> and also that uh, Stewie is a total ripoff of Chris Ware's comic Acme Novelty Library. The lead character in that, Jimmy, you look at him, he just is the football-headed Stewie. I will Stewie. say,
0: I, sp- I say Bobby's World you, sir.
1: Oh, I, Okay, that too. But it, in Acme Novelty Library, he's bald as well. That's like, true, it just yeah. Is, it, it is. I mean, Chris Ware is talked out about like, oh yeah, they just stole it. It's just my, it's my drawing. They stole it. Boy, that thermostat joke, also lame as fuck. That's like a family circus joke with no extra spin on it. It's just a family circus. We
0: need to see the brain implant.
1: Uh, Exactly. Have it, have a like a bloody sore there or whatever uh then by minute five chris finally gets to say his first word in the show they did not give a shit he really they honestly don't need chris they don't need any of the
0: kids actually
1: (laughs) that well really what i noticed is uh if you're a character that is not voiced by seth MacFarlane, you will be underwritten because (laughs) seth MacFarlane won't be wanting to say your lie.
0: He's not thinking of you when he's writing those lines.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, Brian enters the room too. That's where he says that ass ahoy line. That was Brian's first line in the show.
0: They make fun of that in the, uh, back to the pilot episode as well. Like, oh, yeah. that they were establishing that, uh, blank ahoy would be Brian's catchphrase. So, I, what I like about Back to the Pilot is you see these scenes that you don't see in the pilot, mm-hmm. like the interconnected scenes, so when the helicopter crashes, or sorry, when the blimp crashes in the Super Bowl scene, in the season 10 episode, Brian says, Crash Ahoy! <laughs> 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 like, they're pointing uh, out that Ass Ahoy is a terrible line.
1: Yeah. It. Then uh, Brian also points out that Peter's wearing pants after 7, what's the occasion, which virtually every episode of Family Guy has a scene that happens after 7pm, and Peter is definitely wearing pants at home. So Well, Peter
0: is one of the characters that can be safely nude on TV without needing sensor bars or blurring because the the gut just covers all the genitalia there.
1: Yeah, I do uh, a line I actually like of Brian's where Peter gets, his bathing suit flies off and he's then thrown upside down in the water so his gut isn't hanging over it. Then uh, Brian says like, huh, so that's what Peter's penis looks like. That is a good line. See, we're remembering good. There are jokes funny here, jokes on
0: Family Guy, yeah, just not in this episode.
1: Peter asks for permission to go to a stag party, which again just feels like a fucking Flintstones script. Like there's no It really change. is. He's
0: going to like the, the Moose Lodge or whatever.
1: <laughs> like we talked about it when we did the Princess Cashmere episode of Simpsons. That felt old in 90. Yeah. In 90, it felt old like your dad's going to a stag party to watch to watch porno. Like, no. That since the death of the union in America, yeah. like, labor unions, that doesn't exist anymore. There ain't no toy union on this show. Uh, but yes, Peter promises he's not going to drink.
2: And remember you had an Irish coffee the day we went to see Philadelphia? I got it. That's the guy from Big. Tom Hanks. That's it. Ah, oh, funny guy, Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I have AIDS. <laughs> Promise me, Peter. was honey, I promise not a drop of alcohol is going to touch these lips tonight. Hey, who wants to play
3: drink the beer?
2: Right here. <laughs> you win. All right, what do I win? Another beer. Oh, I'm going for the high score. Well, actually, Charlie's got the high score. Hey, man, your clock won't flush. <laughs> you know, I feel kind of bad, you guys. I promised my wife I wouldn't drink. Oh, don't feel bad, Peter. Huh, gee, I never thought of it like that
0: i like that that's a good line what i know uh what i wrote down was the first remember that time is from lois not from peter which is interesting and brian so lois and brian team up for a series of cutaways (laughs) about remembering the time when something happened
1: boy and what a time to remember something happened things they did there Well, though, so there were multiple jokes cut for the first super bowl airing i think because they knew they'd have a wider more mainstream audience after the super bowl so they cut some stuff that included the church joke that wasn't uh, there? In okay, it. that uh, the God reacting to Job story that is straight out of Life of Larry, uh, the the RISD student film as was the Tom Hanks joke, which totally makes more sense if you think that came out in 1994 as opposed to in 1999 It episode. did
0: feel a lot older in
1: 99. Meg is seemingly of her current age while watching <laughs> Philadelphia, meaning they must have seen it at a revival house. I,
0: I guess so. Yeah, that Philadelphia joke, um, I mean, it is very crass, but it's also super dated by the time this yeah, came out. Yeah. I think they would eventually decide, like, instead of having four cutaways, let's find the best joke from that and just do that one. <laughs> uh,
1: I think they got a little more confident
0: yeah it's that. like no no we need five <laughs> jokes about peter being drunk
1: also i was waiting for uh peter to fall down in that butter rum thing in the in the specific the family classic fall style down. yeah didn't do it though though this was a rough night of comedy for the catholics because right after this episode oh. is the one uh, that got cut from future simpsons episodes of the the catholic church we made a few changes they've done nothing wrong uh i we'll talk about that yeah but okay so peter goes to drink and i gotta think what really hurt me in my first viewing of this as a 15 year old simpsons viewer is i had just seen homer get drunk with his friends when his wife told him not to and then be hung over in wild barts it was two weeks before this so, it, it, I already am being reminded of like, oh, wait, I already saw The Simpsons did this. Like, I'm already thinking of like, this shows The Simpsons. Yeah, movie.
0: I forgot how close that was. I mean, like, Peter is definitely an exaggeration of Homer, even more. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, well, because Peter has to be bigger than Homer. He has to be the worst version of Homer in all ways, which makes him a like sociopathic monster in most episodes and someone who is, like, uh, I believe, legally designated as, quote, retarded yeah. in an episode as well. Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Quagmire's the guy who hands him the beer. This is Quagmire's first appearance, though. In the first Larry and Steve You get a brief shot of a pilot, as in a person flying a plane, who does look like Quagmire in that. Uh, Oh,
0: boy, Quagmire.
1: Yep, yeah. It's nice to see him as a party guy here. I I
0: like the voice. (laughs)
1: Mm. But Bob...
0: He'd be the vehicle for their ugliest, worst jokes uh, at the expense of the most helpless people.
1: Well Bob, haven't you considered though that rape jokes are funny? Uh
0: haven't never you? once.
1: No, me neither. They suck, they're not funny. I think uh that it also is something that struck me like, oh, of course the first episode has more than one sexual assault joke in There that. is, yeah, yeah, it's ninety nine. Uh it's just how it goes. Like that, you know, PC Matt Groening stopped him from doing this shit, man. They uh God. But anyway, yes, we've Quagmire, they they haven't fully struck on what the character yeah. of Quagmire is that they want yet, which giggity. Giggity, giggity, Um. So I do like the line, though, of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I yeah, should just ignore my wife's feelings.
0: Don't feel bad is the epiphany he had.
1: It feels old as fuck to watch porno with friends, that idea. I've like,
0: never done you know, it. And I'm almost 40. I'm, I'm getting to 40, rather. I'm not almost 40 <laughs> yet.
1: I think of a time in the 60s where, like, your one skeezy friend mail-ordered a 8 millimeter reel of a porno, and you're like, well, none of us else have this, yeah. let's just save our time and watch it together and jerk off separately some other time. Save
0: these <laughs> memories in the spank
1: bank. Uh I think the closest we have to this now is if you go to a porn account on Twitter and then see that your friends follow it. And mm. uh not that I've had that experience, <laughs> but uh, though awesome Blanca, that's like a lame joke too. I yeah that, uh, I am impressed they got away with like I when I whip this out and you're not on it like He's saying, "Get, get, get on, on my, my dick. Penis.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I prefer but, the uh, both. So both the critic and Simpsons had uh, Casablanca parodies right before this, too. That's right. Leading yeah. up to this, so it was old hat.
1: And Jay Sherman imagined the uh, Statue of Liberty taking her clothes off.
0: That's where. I, Okay, of course, yeah.
1: So they ripped that off too. Another joke taken.
0: No leering at the statue. Uh,
1: but in this case, they get super drunk to see it, which I uh, I don't want to keep being Monday Morning Quarterback, but like. Like, okay, so one of his kids grabbed the Asablanca tape, which is clearly labeled as Asa Blanca, in a case that says Asablanca, but accidentally thought it was a blank tape, that then they tape a special of the Statue of Liberty over it. How? Like in it doesn't make sense. Conceptually,
0: it's weird. They should have had the tape break, and then it switches over to the TV, and then there's like a Statue of Liberty thing on yeah. it or something like that. The
1: whole point of it is, is is that you're trying to fantasize about the Statue of Liberty. That's the lame joke you're going for. But to get there of like, oh, crap, my kid taped over, they're like, why wouldn't Chris just watch the entire thing and not give a shit about taping yeah. uh, that special? It if anyone wouldn't sense. destroy
0: porn, it'd be Chris, a yeah, teenage boy. I
1: mean, they got away with a joke about the sound of masturbating with him. That's in right, regular television. <laughs> yeah, and that's like if they did it post season four. I know they got to be dirtier, but they did that pre pre cancellation. I could not believe they got away with that. I do think, though, in the Super Bowl airing, they didn't get to show that, and if you're not on it, line. I mm. believe that was cut. Peter wakes up the next morning. He's hungover after having 37 beers. That's a comedy number. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a classic yeah. comedy number. So it comes he's... up a lot. <laughs> it's a prime number. That's funny. He
0: drank them in a row, from what I've heard. <laughs> uh,
1: and so, yes, that's when Chris finally gets his first line to say, yeah, fight the power. He has no character. He's nothing. Uh, then we get uh, another joke that wasn't in the seven-minute pilot, The Accountant's in the Head, which that feels like a Barker and Weitzman American Dad kind of joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do like that joke a lot yeah. about not thinking yeah. about what's outside the head. Yeah. That's dangerous.
1: Too smart for McFarlane, I yeah. think. So I'm going to take any credit away <laughs> from him on this. Uh, and uh, Lois's fall is in the pilot presentation too so from the beginning they're like yes the plot the idea we have with stewie is he tries to kill his mother that's all we've got
0: i mean peter is where he needs to be uh vocally and stewie is too but boy lois is just like oh peter (laughs) what did you do this time peter Uh, oh geez
1: and borstein says they asked her to speak that's her sped up she spoke so slow I think they didn't discover what they really wanted to do with Lois until the Christmas episode where she screams at everybody. Yeah, I think think that's when they figured out, like, oh, Lois should be angry. She's too nice. Like, I don't like nice Lois. It's fun when
0: she freaks out. I think there's, like, a running joke that they didn't establish in this episode where she says, blank is God's way of telling you that blank. That's right. It feels like the start of an abandoned running joke with her.
1: Yeah, Like, almost
0: like a Peggy Hill-style character. Totally. Totally,
1: yeah. No, they, they... But more like religious, like a guilt, religious guilt-driven. But uh, but yes, Peter is hungover.
4: You see, Peter, a hangover is nature's way of telling you I was right. I mean, you... Mom, are you all right? My goodness, this chair leg was loose. Isn't that silly? I could have broken my neck.
3: Damn.
2: Look, honey, I took a cab home. I slept on a table so I wouldn't wake you up. Nothing bad happened.
4: Well, I I guess you're right.
2: Apology accepted. All right, I'm going to work. Somebody's got to put food on this table.
0: Then he falls off.
2: How are you coming, Johnson? Well, Mr. Weed, I've been working on the new G.I. Jew line, and as you can see, they (laughs) look great. You call these bagels? Whoa! I'm glad he's on our side. Peter! What the... Are you sleeping on the job? Uh, no, there's a, a bug in my eye, and I'm trying to suffocate him. Peter...
3: I like you, but
2: I need you to be more
3: than just eye candy around here. It's your job to watch for any toys that could be hazardous to children. Now look sharp! Uh, Yes, sir! He
1: falls back asleep.
0: That's Rocco himself, uh, Carlos Alasrocki. That's right. Mr. Weed, which again, I think they're establishing things they didn't pick up on, where this whole toy factory setting, or Peter is working at the toy place never really became a dominant thing on the show and then they kill mr weed
1: yeah yeah from seasons one to three i think they forgot he had a job there or they they'd occasionally remember it it was pretty meaningless his job and that's i mean that is it didn't i don't think it was intentional but it ended up being something that does differentiate them from the simpsons as that peter gets kind of a new job every couple seasons on the show like he went from that to work to working for carrie fisher yeah uh to then he became a longshoreman. i know right? That one, yeah. yeah, and some other stuff. I, but this toy gag, he only works at a toy factory for four toy jokes like that's all they gave their main character a job for four fucking toy jokes <laughs> and once those are done you're like that's I it. got nothing else yes
0: uh, <laughs> no named co-workers with personality although nope. it's not a great joke but I do have the line glad he's on our side in my head for some reason
1: Uh, he, I mean the delivery of that with his spinning eyes is just like
0: oh, yeah. calm
1: it down checky like, I like how much those.
0: he's trying to sell this bad toy idea uh,
1: yeah which again another fucking Seth McFry he, he wrote himself every joke G Jew was not in the Super Bowl airing. I can see why, but it was in the seven-minute pilot. So McFarlane wrote that. That was not one of their Jewish writers writing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's. But they approved
0: of it tacitly.
1: It's it's South Park edge lordiness. That's all it is. Like that's a.
0: So we got a Hitler joke and a Jew joke Yep, so far. uh, They cancel each other out, frankly.
1: And of course, Mr. Weed, they realized instantly their joke with him. He's a fad. (laughs) That's what's funny. He says things in a lispy way. He likes getting a dick later.
0: He's somehow Peter's neighbor, based on how far he can throw that uh, statue dick.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I don't like that. I think they were not very uh, creative with Mister Wee. Like, uh,
0: we need a vehicle for gay jokes. Who do we yeah. go to?
1: Well, I guess his boss could be effeminate and and also vaguely foreign, so they can do something with him. But like he's he's not a sa- he's not gay acting or voiced by Carlos in the seven minute pilot. So, I think he's
0: voiced by Butch Hartman, is what I read.
1: Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, he went on
0: to uh, infamy,
1: but he was an old uh, old boss of Seth, so he's yeah. watching out for his old boss. Ooh, I still
0: Still want to do fairly odd parents for what a cartoon at some we'll point? we will do it, we'll it's do not it. a bad show. Uh, I think this act break joke is not good, nope, in that bad. there's no heightening, it's just like kind of lame. So, Peter falls asleep, and then various things roll by that shouldn't roll by on the assembly line,
1: <laughs> which they but already did on Simpsons when Tomer toured the death factory. That's
0: that's also true, but there just should be one f- the final thing that rolls that should be a twist on that joke, like yeah. it could be like. Like uh like a, like an evil book or something, or something innocuous, but that's secretly evil. who knows? Yeah,
1: a cute a cute doll that then the head falls off and it's a knife. but instead it's like it's uh, a plug. It's an axe. It's a toaster with forks in it. Uh, and then we get our first appearance of Tom Tucker and Diane.
4: And now back to action News 5. our top story tonight when toys
3: attack. Quite a situation we've got here, Tom. Quite a situation we've got here, Tom, indeed, Diane. <laughs> it seems the happy-go-lucky toy company of Cohog, Rhode Island has released several highly unsafe toy products into the retail market. Come on, Timmy, throw the silly ball. Oh, boy, a pound poochie. Come on, baby Heimlich, spit
4: it out.
2: Peter, I am abhorred. Your negligence has damaged this company's reputation. You're fired! Ha jeez for how long?
1: That joke's okay, at least. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so they have, I guess
0: they have their Kent Brockman now.
1: Two of them, Tom and Diane. Diane got killed off in season nine.
0: Oh, that's uh, right. I like how they established that um, Tom has a son with an upside-down face, <laughs> and they carry that. I do they like established it for one joke, like, don't use the word freak. That's an ugly word, Diane. <laughs> and then we find out his son is an upside-down face.
1: Uh, the Tom, Tom Tucker also is Anchorman five years before Anchorman, so that, yeah, yeah. they actually didn't rip something off there. Though, I mean... At pastiche was there it was in the ether
0: one very distracting thing and i might have mentioned this on the what a cartoon is that the voice of diane is also the voice of the boss in metal gear
1: that's right so i couldn't
0: stop thinking of family guy (laughs) while playing metal gear 3 and hearing those emotional moments
1: (laughs) thinking that the boss is about to throw it to tom tucker (laughs) yeah uh and uh the Uh, the, The Defective Toy stuff is very Cartoon Network. It feels like stuff they wanted to do... The stuff he wrote for Johnny Bravo and then was told, that's too dirty for Cartoon Network. But then when it's on this, it's like... I don't know. That's not edgy enough for no, family like a guys. fork in
0: a toaster or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
1: an axe hitting a baseball. I don't know. And a, I feel like, or an axe hitting a baseball bat. I feel like two seasons later, that would have hit the kid in the face. Or something. Yeah, it at it least would have. would have been excessive val. It would have at least been excessive violence. It would have been
0: more cruel. That's all we <laughs> want from Family Guy.
1: Um, so the original pitch reel basically ends there, except where Peter describes all of his jobs a little later. That's in there. That's where it ends, uh, the pitch reel. And so they basically had to figure out how Peter <laughs> would get a job back or any plot after that.
0: The pitch reel ends with us saying, and so on. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. <laughs> Just There's more of this.
1: Uh, and uh, so, yes, Peter is fired. He then decides that he needs to lie to Lois about it. I do like the callousness of, uh, they're not people like us about women. Yeah,
0: which was a funny joke, but now people believe that. I yeah. mean, people always have, but now they're on Reddit it's, and you can uh, find them.
1: It's them having their cake and eating it too with that. Uh, it's also, they really don't know if uh, people can hear Stewie or Brian. Like, Stewie will say things and people will not really respond to him, and only Peter talks to Brian. I, it just doesn't feel like they had a clear rule set for that yeah,
0: there's a joke in a future episode where uh they're in the future and people are asking questions about like yeah. so can people understand
1: the baby <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's never written all that clear uh, and so, as Peter listens to his devil, because his angel shoulder angel is stuck in heaven traffic.
0: That's a funny joke. I, I think do like that. I f- I feel a real Barker and Weitzman vibe off that joke.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's not in the seven minute pitch. Especially uh, when the callback comes back and
0: there is a smaller angel that's also stuck in traffic.
1: That's a real American Dad kind of gag. And
0: the yeah. spilling of the coffee is very funny too. It's like, oh, this is just perfect.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a very it's a mundane occurrence. Which yeah. is their bread and butter, Barker and Weitzman.
0: Yeah. I do love just the obs. Observational stuff of the very mundane elements of life, like spilling your coffee in the worst moment.
1: And uh, I do believe that when Peter says, your mom says things like, stop doing that, I'm asleep. I think that's officially their first sexual assault joke in the show. Yes. We're so, breaking new ground. congratulations. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: Well, I le- okay, not to go too far into this, but at least he was stopped.
1: Yes. <laughs> he, he heard stop and he stopped. Yeah. So uh, also then when Lois comes into the room and Peter is not saying he was fired or like, but keeps saying like, I don't have a job in the world. For Lois not to catch on to that, it makes you think she is a very stupid person. Like she's just, she's played way too dumb in this show. Yeah, there's no reason for her to not
0: understand what he's saying yeah. when he keeps giving it away that he lost his job.
1: Yeah, that she shouldn't be shocked later. And also, if Peter wants to keep something a secret, the last thing you should do is tell all of your children you were fired. And then, like, now don't tell your mother. Well, why'd you even tell them? And the reason he did that is because they needed five more lines to fill out the time in this script (laughs) to get to to get to the time limit. Also, the gun popping out of the tuna fish sandwich. The pacing needs to be way tighter on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed about this show uh, that would be improved greatly in future seasons is that the pacing just is very swimmy and awkward. Mm. and the jokes aren't hitting in the right
1: uh, pace, I guess. Also, why is a baby eating a tuna fish sandwich? They yeah. don't do that. And no like, one
0: else is eating tuna fish. Yes, the table. It,
1: it's just because he liked drawing a funny picture of a gun popping out of a sandwich.
0: And like in the back that. to the pilot episode, we see how that tuna fish sandwich is made.
1: I do like that. Yeah, right? That was a nice introduction. I think they meant me. to
0: like, <laughs> okay, so Stewie made this tuna fish sandwich separately and put a gun in it. That's how mm-hmm. it came to the table.
1: Oh, yes. Also in the sequence here, we get the very first victory is mine, which I feel like my Victory is mine.
3: Oh, yeah, that's when he steals back the device. That,
1: I mean,
0: uh, what I don't like about Stewie and early Stewie is like he's such a cynical character where from the beginning they're like, that's the character, that's him. Mm. We gotta get him on a t-shirt, victory's mine is gonna be on a hat. What else can he say? Like I feel like he was made with catchphrases in mind, but he outgrew that catchphrase character immediately. Yeah. Like he they found way more stuff for that's him to no do It's no fun to write that catchphrase yeah.
1: character. It's boring. And,
0: and like every episode in the first season seemingly had like a pinky in-the-brain style subplot where mm. Stewie was doing something to take over the world, or to escape, or to destroy something in his life, as a B-plot.
1: And it would fail, but usually fix things at the end, like this episode, with the device, which... I don't think in yeah in the pitch pilot, there's no explanation of what the device does. It just gets taken away from him. So that's why the rest of the episode is him trying to get the device back. Uh, and then we get uh, a bunch of cutaway gags in a row of Peter's new jobs where he's working for uh, Cocoa Puffs. He's working as a sneeze guard where he's pointing a gun at a woman, which that does feel accurate to uh, people with guns. Uh, yeah. I, from season four onward, he'd have just shot that woman in the face. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then is where the pitreal cuts off, which is the Von Trapp family joke, which, man. Family Guy loves sound of music jokes. They really do. I mean, it allows them to do musical and Nazi jokes. So I mean, I, that I is a that's
0: it. a is that also a Nazi joke that he the Von Trapps beat him or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, so the pitch reel actually has the joke. Better. okay uh but so in the pilot he thinks he's won a musical contest which in the plot of sound of music the von trapp family wins a talent contest but they are sneaking away from the nazis to go to switzerland while they're being announced as the winners And so it's like, and who's the winner? The Von Trapp family. And then it cuts to a Nazi saying, the Von Trapp family is gone. They're gone. So in this joke, Peter is there. He finds out he lost. He says, that's bullshit. Which in the seven minute pitch reel, he just says, bullshit. It's not bleeped over. And then the extra joke is the Nazi pops in the door and says, they escaped. And Peter says, "All right, like he's celebrating that, he won because they're done. That's a better joke. That joke
0: makes sense because I was just lost into like, is it just funny that he's there at that point in time?
1: Yeah, it's fun. Well, isn't it funny that Peter's that Sound of Music? You wouldn't expect a yeah. cartoon character to be in the Sound of Music.
0: So I feel like they cut out the part of the joke that made it complete. It's like they cut a joke in half.
1: Maybe it was to cut down on Nazis in this too. Yeah, I don't it's know. like
0: we already had. We a Nazi in every act.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we gave you Hitler. We gave you, but we're not. We gave you GI Jew. We're not giving you the." not see uh and then there's also a gag that peter was in tiananmen square which it's again it's just a random thing i remember that but they also just get it wrong the tiananmen square person facing down the tank is clearly in like black in the in the iconic photo black slacks and a white shirt the tiananmen square person he stops is a protester with a bandana on and a red t-shirt it's that's not even the picture it's a
0: weird drawing
1: It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I I mean, at the very least, the character he stops didn't talk with a Mrs. Swan accent. Yeah, yeah. We can hope, at the very least, that that didn't happen. It's also really weird in this episode that, like, Brian is always sitting like a dog. Yeah. It's very Garfield uh, first strips to me. I
0: remember listening to the commentary on this episode because I bought the DVDs, of course, even though I hated the show. I got to hear those commentaries. They mentioned that. They also mentioned the weird, like weird like tongue movements of the characters like the mouth charts are all off for this first episode like there's a lot of tongues hitting the roof of mouths on syllables where they shouldn't it's very distracting
1: yeah and as uh, very much pointed out in the back to the pilot episode there's a scene where Peter's eye just goes over his nose for like eight seconds
0: it's funny that even when they try so in that episode back to the pilot there are just them cutting scenes out of that um, old episode but certain times they try to recreate it but even trying as hard as they can, they can't make it as ugly as it used to be. They it's so funny <laughs> to see them try to fake ugly. It's like, no, you're uh, just you're too competent at this. It's not working.
1: I do think the best cutaway joke of this episode is Peter pretending to be a lamp all day, and that's what he yeah. does at work. Again,
0: <laughs> making Lois look very stupid. Like, what is Lois's character? She's very uh, gullible.
1: But yes, uh, we get the first victory is mine, and the next scene is Stewie steals back his device, which then gets immediately taken back from him. Uh, then... Peter is starting to worry about how they're spending money when he has no job. Lois is like, why? He says, because you're getting fat, which uh, is a plot for a later episode of the show, uh, where they basically have a similar exchange about, like, uh, I do like the line where Peter says, Lois, men aren't fat. Only fat women are fat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. It's a a good line about toxic masculinity. A bad perspective, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Peter is about to tell the truth, but he instead decides to lie some more.
2: Lois, this is... Really hard for me to say, but, uh... What is it, Peter? Uh, um, you're getting kind of fat. What? It, it's just, it's not healthy.
4: <laughs> Peter, I do my Jane Fonda workout tape three times a week. When was the last time you saw your toes?
2: Gee, man, I thought you people were supposed to be jolly.
4: Peter, what the hell's the matter with you? Honey, you know, if there's something wrong, you can tell me.
2: Hey, uh, sorry, man, am I late? what I miss? Oh, thank God you're here. What do I do? Tell him to keep lying. He's in too deep. Uh, I don't know. Hey, where's the other guy? God, not is unbelievable. Lois, <laughs> that, well, I there. promise you, everything's fine. You got nothing to worry about.
4: Well, well, Mother. We meet again. Stewie, I thought I tucked you in an hour ago.
3: Not tightly enough, it would seem. And now, you contemptible harpy, I shall end your oppressive reign of matriarchal tyranny. Oh, you can play with your
4: toys tomorrow, honey. Right now it's
3: bedtime. Oh, blast you and your
4: estrogenical treachery! (laughs) Sweet dreams, kiddo. You have the power to end this!
0: Yeah, that thesaurus based humor was a thing in the 90s. Yeah. It's like big, I mean, even Pinking the Brain was guilty of that.
1: Totally. It's just totally. like the joke
0: is the character uses big words and that's basically it.
1: Uh, but it's it's not a personality. Yeah. Like, uh, estri- matriarchal tyranny, oppressive reign, just God. I mean, too, he hates women so much. Like, that is another theme of Stewie, the character, or at least his mother. Yeah,
0: I think it would move from him trying to, you know, have devious plots to just basically him wanting to kill his mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think he does in one episode.
1: There's think- an episode called "He Kills Stewie Kills Lois," but it turns out uh, that she was just presumed dead. And okay. he did not actually kill her. There's there's another episode in the episode where Diane is killed off. She is killed off by Stewie because she's about to kill Lois, and he kills her to save Lois. Uh, and Stewie reveals this because no one's going to kill her but me. So uh, now the running egg on Family Guy is the occasional time Stewie remembers he wants to kill her. Mm. Brian then uh, whacks Peter on the head for uh, not telling the truth. Uh, the newspaper title keeps shifting around a lot. They're having some real trouble with <laughs> yeah. that.
0: It's a wacky newspaper in this wacky world of jokes.
1: And then we get uh, some real... St- Welfare shaming, yeah, episode which totally was added on by Zuckerman. That was his just to fill this whole well welfare subplot was added by them.
0: There's not a lot of commentary. I think at one point it's pointed out it could be an oversight, but it is sort of like, oh, yeah, welfare is like winning the lottery. But as we all know, there's no such thing as welfare.
1: Yes, there's not a program called that. It's not, there are social say, there's things like Snap that you can get and other things. but Like
0: housing assistance, heating assistance, mm-hmm. things like that. So
1: they are so means-tested and undervalued and, and getting cut slashed more and more every day. Uh, it's what um, people who hate poor people call entitlements. Yeah. Because, and, which, by the way, they don't talk about how billionaires feel entitled to have nothing taxed. That's not an entitlement.
0: They earned having nothing taxed.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, they were born rich. What more do you want from them?
0: But like, in the 90s were the, what the era of welfare reform, really. I mean, welfare, it started yeah. with Reagan and mm-hmm. Clinton's like, I'll do it too.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Clinton a lot of clinton's platform was i can hate poor people in a republican way vote for me like that was and that's totally why this show which is by seth mcfarlane you know a taxachusetts liberal he's still though is on his show doing this whole thing about how means-tested welfare needs to be and how it's a never-ending money party, which it is absolutely not. Try fucking living on uh, American social assistance, man. Like try <laughs>
0: qualifying for it. I tried two once. Yeah. I was making less than five <laughs> figures a year. They're like, you're too rich for this. Get out of here.
1: That's uh, that's why folks are falling into the Yang Gang with his thousand-dollar yeah. promise, which. That would not pay anyone's rent no. uh, where, where, that I know. No.
0: I mean, The Simpsons would make fun of things like this. In that one episode, I think Realty Bites, they made fun yep. of unemployment. And unemployment's money that you earn. You yeah. pay into it. Not everyone even gets it.
1: But it was... it. It is a very white, uh, middle-class way of thinking. Like, oh, that, I didn't like, earn
0: this money. Oh, no. Yeah,
1: you're a scam artist. You're you're also just like, you're a bad person if you settle for welfare. Peter, the second he got fired, should have applied to this. The only reason he didn't uh, was seemingly out of some shame or whatever. Uh, and, I mean, me and Bob could go on this for all day long. But if I could tell you guys to listen to one thing, it would oh, be yeah. Friends of the Show, Citations Needed, their podcast, episode 26, The welfare dog whistle is very insightful about this topic and how it is used to shame and attack poor and minority people in America. And it's a really disgusting thing. Anyway, (laughs) then we get a fart joke, which feels very weirdly placed in the middle of all of this.
0: Yeah, it came out of nowhere. I forget what the context is for him not realizing what gas was until he was 30 or not having gas until he was 30. Uh,
1: The welfare guy just asks if he had any interesting things in his life worth mentioning, which is not what welfare people would ask anyway. Anyway, but the fact that you can't remember what sets it up is is proof that Family Guy jokes are interchangeable dross. Yeah, do, I mean, don't matter. He's just put in
0: that office for that sake of that joke, I guess. Pretty much, the yeah. up of the joke, yeah. He needs,
1: he needs a person to. He needs some new straight man to set up a joke. And that joke and was in the
0: though. pilot, though, right?
1: That was even in Life of Larry, the school, uh, okay. the student project. Seth MacFarlane really likes the idea of somebody not farting until they're thirty and being confused by it. It's just uh, seemingly funny.
0: Oh, upcoming is the reason why Peter got so much money. Yes. It's in my notes. I totally forgot about that.
1: So, uh, yes, their first welfare check comes in. Guys, our
2: money problems are over. We're officially on welfare. Come on, kids. Help me scatter car parts on the front lawn. Boom. Uh, How much are we getting? Uh, Let's see, $150 a week.
4: Wait, that's a comma, not a decimal. Whoops. No, no, I haven't seen Peter all afternoon. I was giving a piano lesson. <laughs> Stewie, why don't you play in the other room?
3: Why don't you burn in hell? Well,
4: no dessert for you, young man.
2: Boy, who would have thought getting drunk at a stag party would get me 150,000 bucks a week from the government? This is why I don't vote. <laughs> hey, maybe somebody down there was drinking too, huh? Mr. President, why do you think the American public has continued to support you throughout these impeachment proceedings? Oh, um, probably because you're so fat. <laughs> Peter, you you might want to call the welfare commission. That that check is obviously an oversight. Well, not necessarily. I mean, maybe I'm like their one millionth customer. What you're going to spend 150 grand a week? Um, yeah. On what?
0: So That's- yeah, I guess the reason why uh, Peter's getting 150 grand per week is because the Democrats are drunk.
1: I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just clerical error. No, that. I mean, that Clinton joke is, again, it's needless, like, completely needless. Is that I,
0: Peter's, like, imagined reality or the reality of the situation?
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess We're it is. We're thinking
0: too much about this. I know.
1: I, I mean, the joke is that Clinton gets away with everything, which, like, I mean, he did. Like, just ask uh, Jeffrey Epstein. No, oh, you can't. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, I don't want to give people Epstein brain. Let's sorry. get out our
0: Ouija board and ask him.
1: <laughs> but uh, the, the Clinton joke did remind me of, like, that's how goddamn long this show has been on. They made jokes about sitting oh, president bill clinton dear lord Twenty uh,
0: long years
1: and uh yeah brian is a real uh npr neoliberal with that uh, hate of the welfare and his public urination <laughs> yeah yep yeah he that i mean that's such a west wing style joke too just like this is why i don't vote Ugh. And then we do get a mention of Lois's piano recital lessons. I do like that. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I guess they had that built in for the character at, at this They at least point. set that up.
1: She has something going on, folks. Uh, though her not... Re- Again, she's so stupid. She's like, this baby just tried to kill me directly with things that are visible on screen. Oh, well. But isn't it crazy that a baby said, hell, Bob? You wouldn't see Maggie do that. <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> it's fish in a barrel making fun of this shit.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. <sighs> they went there. So you'll believe a baby can say hell.
1: I do, though, have an interesting uh, thought on this with the welfare money plot. I think it might be slight commentary about how Seth MacFarlane felt going from being a regular guy to getting his first millionaire contract paycheck. I can
0: see that, yeah.
1: What if his first paycheck was $150,000? like, what do I even do with this much money? Yeah. Do I have to spend it all right now? What What is this?
0: I was used to living very uh, slim, let's say, and now that I make an okay living, not like mm. Seth MacFarlane, in, but yes. I, I can take care of myself i just don't know what to do with the money it keeps piling up henry
1: what do i do with all this money <laughs> this is why rich celebrities go crazy it's yeah. just you get that money you don't know what to do anymore
0: i just assume the economy will fall apart in five years <laughs> so i need every dollar uh, <laughs> i'll be safe in canada it'll be okay
1: but one hundred fifty thousand dollars. look it's a lot of money it can't rent you the, even the statue of david no but they just wanted to do a cock joke and the penis
0: is not that big
1: or detailed, yeah, or actually, yeah. a
0: giant cylinder,
1: yeah, it's just a fucking dildo joke. And then, of yeah. course, the, uh, what app? What do you do with a dildo? Well, it flies into the window of a gay guy, and then he, he thinks he calls it's it Eduardo. Yeah, it's like that's, yeah. all. that's a joke, haha. <laughs> but
0: it's like, I think they wrote it in, like, yeah, Peter is holding a detailed stone penis, and Fox, is like, no. Yeah. And it's just like a a cylinder. The joke doesn't work because they can't draw a penis.
1: Yeah, which like, then don't do it. Yeah. You can't do. Also, one of the most off-model shots is them right after that penis gag. Like, Stewie's eyes are all wrong. Yeah. It's just bad. I know the
0: drawing you're talking about. I can think about it. It looks
1: like when South Park drew the joke versions of them. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And, uh, then also another very late 90s thing of just, like, the term for it is, like, street comedy, meaning, like, observations anybody makes that you just say. It's, like, it's not exactly that you're ripping off one person's joke, but it's just you're ripping off a thing that everybody says, so it's lame to do it. Calling fajitas vagitas. Vagitas, That yeah. is such, like, I was hearing that all through fucking high school. It's not funny.
0: And what, what restaurant is serving fajitas and also sausage biscuits? A
1: biscuit, too. Yes yeah, And nuggets. Sausage. Sow- like, it doesn't make sense it was just so he could say that fajitas reads like vaginas to a stupid person
0: also just say just say the fajita joke you don't need the sausage
1: but see they wanted brian to say an urbane thing back because those are the two voices that are in battle in seth MacFarlane's mind his new england jerk upbringing and the fancy man he wants to be and not then, a good
0: Seinfeld either.
1: No, that sucks too. The <laughs> joke only is there because, like uh, Seth it's not probably said, "I can do a uh, Seinfeld imitation. Watch me go."
0: I mean, I guess the joke is it's not a very good Seinfeld joke, yeah. but also it's not a very good Seinfeld joke.
1: Mm-mm and if you want to be if you do an edgy dick jokes maybe make an edgy joke about him dating a high schooler <laughs> he could do that it was still fresh they didn't have the guts to do that then Mrs. A- like no do sexual assault jokes make fun of the gays but don't you piss off <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld
0: he's off the air now we're safe in uh, we're all safe but and the, the Meg getting the lip implants thing I know like in the script probably they thought it'd be communicated well visually it's not like nope. there's a psych gag where she kisses Peter on the lips on the face sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's like a big lip imprint but it's not funny it's just awkward and weird
1: yes yeah though i do like the joke that comes right after it in this that is funny i did yeah. think that
0: was a funny joke
2: oh, this is great i can finally afford to give my little girl the lips she's always dreamed of <laughs>
4: thank
3: you daddy <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. i don't know peter lips are one thing but did you have to buy breast implants for chris yeah it makes him happy hey these are cool mm
1: <laughs> He's playing around with loose breast implants, not Uh, implanted into him.
0: I forgot what the punchline was, and I assume they're going to rip off The Simpsons and do the crusty joke, where he's like, am I complaining about the breasts?
1: (laughs) But no, it's uh, that he bought him loose breasts. That's... Yeah, loose implants that's cute that's cute then the mail carrier arrives shockingly that butch woman did not become a regular recurring character yeah
0: what's up with the male lady
1: if that character had been voiced hey, by Sedman, <laughs> if mcfarland had voiced her she'd be in every episode
0: yeah i feel like they're trying to establish like the gruff male lady character in this first episode <laughs> like where did she go
1: and uh the moat keeps the black knight away though not the same design for a black knight is the one that peter will face who's voiced by will farrell mm. I was also, I was a little shocked they get away with, like, Lois saying, what the fuck, and then having us yeah. horn go over it.
0: We got a uh, bleeped bullshit and fuck in this episode, so... Wouldn't
1: get that on the... Can oh, Simpsons no, they do. do
0: this? Oh, yeah, actually, Brockman
1: uh, yeah. said, it's about fucking time. Yeah. And Homer even said the loudest profanity that Ned had ever heard. And Marge
0: said, I'm so fucking embarrassed. Yep,
1: so these things all happen. They went there, yep. they did it. Not new territory, but uh, the crime is exposed.
4: Well... Congratulations on all your success. Here's your welfare check. What the?
2: Hiya, honey! What? Lois, I know what I did was wrong, but I only did it for you and the kids. Except for the jukebox in the bathroom. That was a gift for Peter.
4: Yeah, from the American taxpayers. I am so mad I can't see straight. Well, no problem. We got the money to get that fixed. With enough left over for us to buy our way
2: out of any trouble our kids might get into. Just like the Kennedys.
4: You know, I, I feel like I don't even know you anymore, Peter. The man I married would never think he could fix a problem just by spending money.
0: It's funny that the second season premiere is a similar story about the Griffins getting rich, oh, but it's actually a story. It's a full that's, story.
1: That's right. Yeah. You know, this this whole thing them getting rich is completely wasted. It doesn't. It's nothing. It, it it's just forgotten by the end of it. Uh, maybe that was they're like, let's try that again. Is a real episode uh, that just like the Kennedys line can work for any rich family. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we get into the very tacked-on Super Bowl sillies, as I call them. Yeah,
0: I mean, was this made knowing that the Super Bowl
1: was in their future?
0: Um, was it made to sweeten the deal, like, hey, we'll be on the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl bit?
1: Based on the timeline of events, it wasn't confirmed, at least to the public, that it was getting it until, like, November. So, Mm. But I could see that being a late retake. But also, it could have just been, you know, they got whispered, like, hey, we think you're going to be the Super
0: Bowl. Let's do it. But ultimately, it's like two minutes of animation, which they could have rushed yeah. As soon as they found out. Like, I let's mean, do this. I mean, cheap as it
1: looks, it looks rushed. Yeah. Sure. Uh, one thing that also hurt it is they have jokes with Madden and Pat Summerall, but it's neither of them. But they are in the Simpsons episode that follows it directly. That's right. Yeah. So it makes it even cheaper, see me. They,
0: like, end the episode commenting on it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's all... They get actual funnies with Madden and Summerall, and this is just... Uh, John Man screams about football too much, and Pat Summerall kind of has no character too. Yeah, him. just flatly He,
0: he knows about crazy money plans. I like I yeah. like the phrase "crazy money rain."
1: That that's funny. It's Some not really a joke,
0: but it's just funny to hear somebody say that.
1: Mm-hmm. Be funny hearing that from the real John Madden, but also. Yeah. Uh, you know, Family Guy was a new thing. They couldn't really get too many celebrities. Uh, they could eventually get James Woods. And then, uh, fortunately, they killed him off. So Thank
0: God. <laughs> I, miss, uh, <laughs> I miss liking that man.
1: It's a uh, very pre 9 11 joke that Peter would be able to fly a blimp over the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. In a post season four, Peter would just drop that wrecking ball on someone and kill them. Like, they, they just do that. I
0: yeah. do like what he says America's great, except the South.
1: It's also very ambitious that they wanted to draw a Super Bowl riot. On the kind of budget they have,
0: I was thinking of that. Like, you guys need to calm down a little bit. This is not happening. Like, they draw an entire Super Bowl stadium's worth of people, like, rushing in from yes. above. Like, it's too much for this uh, first episode.
1: Uh, that's why they do the blimp crash off scene, yeah. off screen, which they do on the back to the pilot. You uh, see the blimp crash. And then we get a reference to the Fox slogan just one fox, just one gun. And I like
0: how many shots go into that blimp before the act break. It's funny. When you go to back to the pilot, that many shots actually hits the blimp, so yeah, it's the same impressed. amount of excessive shots from that impressed. act break.
1: So uh, we come back. Peter is in jail for what he did. We of course get to drop the soap joke. Why wouldn't you do that? You <laughs> know. Uh, and then is uh, they're in jail. I got to say, another thing. Will Ferrell ripped this off. He does the I call top bunk. Fat guy jumps on the bunk. It smashes the guy below it. Step Brothers would do that like a I, decade. I later. was wondering
0: where I saw that. Uh, outside of Family Guy. Yeah, I know I've seen yeah. it before.
1: Now, I don't know if somebody did it before Family Guy, but the stepbrothers ripped off Family Guy, so it's not it's not just a one-way street there. Uh, though it's unclear to me if... Uh, so is Peter in jail for the welfare fraud or the crashing of the blitz? It's, it's
0: a melange of crimes.
1: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, um, and... Uh, uh, Apparently Meg's collagen is wearing off. It's yeah. not done. Like the make lip stuff is just bad and she not done well. She just went back to her
1: old drawing. Yeah. Thing. Well,
0: But they have her like touching her lips. I think they want some sort of like effect or some sort of like yeah. lip animation, but it's not happening. Ugh,
1: Ugh. I think Chris is lying about like, what happened with me when your, when your armpits cry stinky tears? That sucks. Bad joke. Shitty. Uh, but of course, Stewie has a very current oh, joke no. to make in 1999. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello, mother.
3: Well, hi there, sweetie. You know, Mother, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Your life, however, is more like a box of active grenades! Now, I offer you one last chance for deliverance. Return my mind control device, or be destroyed.
4: Oh, you just want your toy back. Okay, here you go, honey.
3: Yes, well, victory is mine! Ah, damn you all!
0: That's nearly as old as the Philadelphia joke. So old. Yeah.
1: So, like, and that's just such a sweaty setup. Like, he has a box of chocolates, then he says the fourth Gump line. He's like, well, but your box of chocolates, you know, it's in your box of chocolates? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Just takes
1: so fucking long. I know. And of course, that explosion happens off screen. Wouldn't want to draw anything too tough
0: there. No, no, no.
1: That sucked. It just sucked uh so lois then finds out that he's been arrested they go to the courthouse and uh then you can see quagmire behind lois he's drawn all wrong but it technically is Quagmire. he's almost there and uh we get peter's trial here's the the first part of it
2: this court will come to order well you know i figured the sooner i cast a check the sooner they catch their mistake (laughs) look why are we making a federal case out of this mr griffin Don't you think you should have alerted the government of such a gross overpayment? Well, uh, I I was going to call him, but uh, my my favorite episode of Different Strokes was on. You know the one where Arnold and Dudley get sexually molested by the guy who owns the bike shop? All right, now I want you boys to scream real loud at my ass. And everybody learns a valuable lesson. Mr. Griffin, have you learned a lesson? Oh, yeah, stay the hell away from that bike shop. (sighs) Look, uh, everybody, I feel really bad about what I did. I I just... I don't know. I just saw of one chance I'd ever have to give my family the things they deserve. But I guess I screwed it up. I cheated the government, and worst of all, I lied to my wife. And she deserves better. I'm sorry, honey. Mr. Griffin, I think your words have touched us all. I'm sentencing you to 24 months in prison.
4: Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I just caught the guitar sting in that. I only heard it in the clips, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just like a seminal Family Guy joke.
1: Oh, yeah. The the Kool Aid Man popping now, the wall. They did it a few times. It's funny. It was. I think that was the best joke it did, though. It really was like, you remember when Kool-Aid Man did that? Well, he did it here.
0: I think it did cement this show in everyone's mind. Like, I think until this moment, no one cared. And this is the joke that everyone took home with them.
1: Yeah. And that yeah. it
0: was a new area of comedy. Not only six sexual assault jokes per episode, but we're <laughs> going to start talking about the 80s, friends. Yeah. It's time to talk about the
1: 80s. The Simpsons writers were too old to remember the 80s, but Seth MacFarlane was young enough to do that. So he had the edge there. I'll give him that. Uh, uh, but boy, that okay. Let's dig in... first. We have the first appearance of dignified Q Blackman.
0: Oh, that's his name.
1: That would be his confirmed his name in a 2018 episode. Okay, but uh, voiced by Phil Lamar. Uh, who's also uh, Ollie the weatherman
0: oh jeez
1: what a funny character that is of course there's going to be a child molestation joke but uh, through the lens of a very special episode of Different Strokes which is only the only thing it did was uh, teach guys how to do jokes about child molestation
0: that's it so wow there are two 80s references in the scene then Uh, I've heard clips of that episode I mean if you're going to make this joke there are more specific things to reference like them watching like the naked cartoon characters or drinking water or whatever happens in that episode like if you're gonna go there at least be accurate instead i recommend you don't go there but sure
1: no instead they just make up a thing about yelling into a man's ass like it's just it sucks it just sucks and it's a subject matter that if you're not going to be funny don't fucking bother like yeah yeah. (sighs) sucks so i do think this shows how different it was from The Simpsons that that kind of speech in a season one episode of Simpsons actually would have been the happy ending. and But now they're already doing what Simpsons was doing by season four, which is undercut that happy ending with a cynical joke.
0: Yeah, it's like, now you're going to jail, Lois, for defending your husband.
1: <laughs> for some uh, reason. Yes, but uh, fortunately, Stewie with his stupid device saves the day for some reason.
4: My husband may be a bit thoughtless at times. He may even be downright more stupid, but... I know he only accepted that money because he wanted to be a good husband and father. But what he needs to remember is that we love him. And no matter what, I'll always stand by him.
2: I love you too, honey. That was very moving, Mrs. Griffin. Okay, you can go to jail with him.
3: What? 24 months in prison, eh? Unacceptable. Intolerable as it may be. I'm completely dependent upon those wretched drones for sustenance. Let us see how the iron constitution of American justice Fares against
1: Just do it the always. device. Speed this up.
0: <laughs> Too much talking.
2: Is that your boy? What? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's Stewie. Gosh, I can't separate a kid that young from his father. It's it's unjudgmently. That's funny. Oh hell, you've learned your lesson, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're off the hook. Oh wow! Can you give me my job back? No. <laughs> yes all right
1: (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah that's fine there's no reason a judge can't give him his job back but they need to get back to the status quo he's like yes i can they kind of play both ways of like did stewie's thing actually work or did it not then at the end of the scene you'd see no it does work it does I do like the uh, the phrase unjudgmentally. Yeah, that's, that's a, funny, it's a fun word. That's a Simpsons yeah. made up kind of word.
0: Reflecting upon this episode, it's so weird for this pilot where there are a lot of pilot presentations where they just throw it out and like let's make our episode one of the series <laughs> now. it's accepted now for this for whatever reason. She's like let's take the pilot presentation and then graft on an ending. Yeah, it just feels like there are there are way better season one episodes in this that are trying to tell a story. There's no story here at Uh, all. But,
1: Bob, if you're looking to save money, isn't (laughs) it easier just to redo the third of the episode? Uh, And then you'll figure it out later. But the important thing is you saved money for Fox Broadcasting. It's so stupid. So then we end the episode with them watching tv some more they watch bloopers and practical jokes which i think was barely airing in 1999 yeah and uh, dick clark and mcmahon now dead <laughs> yeah long dead long long dead and yeah I, scott Bay should be attacked by more bears i, I agree think that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to a real shrug of an ending here
4: oh it's good to have you home peter ah honey i knew everything would turn out okay i sure am gonna miss being rich oh, don't worry i got a way to get
2: money not another welfare scam no, no, no! Minority scholarship.
3: <laughs>
2: nah, uh, no, no. Uh, are you insane? Okay, I mean, uh, uh, uh sexual harassment <laughs> suit. <laughs> I no, don't no, think no, no, absolutely I mean, uh, uh, okay, uh, disability claim.
0: It's weird that of all the things he says that are objectionable this is the point in which his family decides to respond. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I I feel like what this joke really is it's a joke about how they can't pitch anything better. So they're like, well, then how about the joke about how we're trying to pitch something as a good ending? Like...
0: Yeah, like a lot of, a lot of this episode is just like, why? Let's do all four of our jokes instead of choosing a joke to go out on. And in this case, the pitching process is seen in the ending. That's, that's very astute. <laughs> uh, I like that observation, Henry.
1: And these jokes about scams, they're all the things that uh, a certain classist bigotry in forms of like, well, as we all know, minority scholarships, they just get all this free college. I, I'm a white guy. I don't don't give free college as we all know people lie about being sexually harassed so that's what peter will do it all is fits in the same web of like white guy fears that uh that are all bullshit expressed through peter which again i don't want to put too much meanness on seth mcfarlane but at the very least he was a dumb 25 year old who thought that th- yeah. those were things that were a real problem.
0: i mean my opinions as a 24 year old are online i hope no one sees them ever.
1: oh for sure yeah <laughs> now, bad news now i'll give it a family guy though they were way worse to George W. Bush than The Simpsons were, which was the right call. Yes, yes. Yeah, though they... But yes, the minority... So in the original Super Bowl airing, minority scholarship thumbs up, that was where the episode ended. They cut mm. the other jokes there, which uh, honestly, it probably should have just done that. Yeah. Like, that also, that feels like such a writer's room joke of, he says minority scholarship, which is a bad joke to end on, and then my credit will come up because it'll be a joke about how I came up with a bad joke. <laughs> ah, funny, guys, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the character literally winks at you, right?
1: Yep, yeah, with his uh, big... St- uh Brady Bunch afro on, basically. Uh But yeah, boy, what a sucky episode of the fucking show.
0: I've I've probably watched I don't know 100 episodes of Family Guy in my life. Mm. There are now 328. Oh, uh, sorry, 329. Good to date, man. and I haven't I've enjoyed all, uh, many of them. But uh, I hate a lot of it. I especially hate the early stuff. And this is just a rancid pilot. <laughs> I just don't... Like, knowing what I know about TV and having, watching, uh, having watched good pilots of both Futurama and King of the Hill around this time that aired, we have revisited them with our podcast. This is inexcusable. I'm like, <laughs> how can you make... How can this yeah. be your pilot? How can... Th- I guess when they saw South Park, they thought oh unprofessional is the new way to be who cares if it's badly made who cares if things don't work the crudeness and the crassness and the unpolishness is part of the appeal maybe that's why they decided this could be the pilot
1: and also the rest of the show only needed to be ready for April this had to be ready in January yeah. so you don't even get a second run at it like it's God,
0: just like knowing how perfect the Futurama pilot is compared mm-hmm. to this in King of the Hill King
1: of the Hill's pilot is one of the best pilots ever Yeah. like it's so good I guess the last thing I'll say is like I I am less hateful overall to Family Guy now but after watching this where it has like maybe three jokes that made me laugh I completely understand why 15 year old me was like this show sucks this is just ripping off Simpsons and I also think Futurama definitely deserved this slot more than Family Guy and I wish we lived in the universe where Futurama premiered after Super Bowl thirty three. It could
0: still be going on on Fox, on Cartoon Network, who knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Futurama deserved that slot, damn it. <laughs> it did. <sighs> but I guess this is sort of a, in case you're new to Talking Simpsons or, or our network in general, you might not know about What A Cartoon, and we do this every week on What A Cartoon. Mm-hmm. We normally like the things we talk about on What A Cartoon, <laughs> and we have talked about Family Guy. We and picked of an course, episode of
1: Family Guy we liked. Yes, so, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah. So
0: like, if you like us talking about different shows with the same approach of clips and research and history and stuff check out what a cartoon you can find it wherever you find podcasts
1: and this podcast as well as what a cartoon are supported by patreon and wonderful patreon subscribers who help me and bob do this full-time support us at patreon.com slash talking simpsons where for five dollars a month you get to hear every episode of talking simpsons and what a cartoon a week at a time and ad free plus you can listen to all those mini series we talked about like futurama and king of the hill and coming soon more futurama guys and we have a premium podcast, too, don't we, Bob?
0: That's true. So for 10 bucks a month, if you sign up at that level, you'll have access to What a Cartoon Movie. What happens is every month we talk about a movie, often for upwards of three, often four hours. And that movie is determined by the patrons. The most recent one is... The Cowboy Bebop movie, knocking on heaven's door, but so far we've done at least like 10 at this point. Mm -hmm. We're almost reaching the one year anniversary of What a Cartoon Movie. So if you sign up today at the $10 level, you'll also get all of the $5 rewards, but you'll have over 24 hours at this point of What a Cartoon Movie podcast. Stay up all day. Don't sleep. (laughs) Listen to all of them in a row. You'll be so informed about cartoon movies. And again, that's at patreon.com slash talking simpsons.
1: Yeah.
0: So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also have another podcast. It's Retronauts. Every Monday, occasionally on Friday, go to retronauts.com and look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. It's a classic gaming podcast, and I think you'll like it. Henry, how about you?
1: You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H E N E R E Y G. That way you'll stay informed on all of the new events in the worlds of Talking Simpsons and the What a Cartoon Podcast. Whenever new stuff goes live on the Patreon or on the free feeds i'm sure to tweet about it follow me there one more time at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g
0: thanks so much for listening folks we'll see you next week for the simpsons episode sunday cruddy sunday we'll see you then
2: Oh, God! It feels like there's accountants cranking ad machines in my head. Dick, you ever wonder what's outside those walls? Say now, that's dangerous thinking, Paul. You best stick to your work. Ha! <laughs> okay.